0: I'm getting older, I'm getting more religious, mm-hmm, going mm-hmm. back to my Bible. Time so describe you. before mm-hmm. I came over here, uh, knowing that we were going to drink our 600th beer today, Jesus, I, uh, bought a goat. I named him Azazel, mm-hmm. and I cast all the sins of our podcast into them. Oof. And then I sent him walking into the beer hole, God, praying that it would give us something worthy of this auspicious occasion. Oh. Yeah. Yes. It, it popped out a six pack, uh, that it said we deserved It gave me something sweet. That's ominous. It gave me something salty. And it gave me something mysterious. I do not like this. (laughs) But cheers to the beer hole, for it cannot be questioned. Only fed. Hey everybody, I'm Caleb. I'm Spencer. And we are about to drink what was Azazel before he was transformed alchemy-like into booze. Apotheosis? Yes. Ascension? Don't, don't forget
1: to say goodbye to him. Uh, <laughs> transmutation? Nice. Thank you. Nice. I'll let you use the occult term of your choice. Thank you, I appreciate that. Even yeah.
0: the Lord, uh, while performing a scapegoat ritual, appreciates a good pun.
1: Scapegoat!
0: <laughs> you guys get it? Yeah. yeah, it's yeah. I mean, that's actually a term.
1: Right, it's where, they, it's where it comes from. Yeah. Because, well, you get it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're about to get into this and we don't have like any pre-party stuff to talk about. I mean, I don't know when this Real episode We like we're
0: about to drink our 600th beer. Right, we're past what, that. What mm-hmm. what what more preamble do you need? <sighs> well, but the 500 and 55 beers we've
1: drank right. before this very
2: moment. But for that, not a whole lot. 555, yeah. five, five, like every uh, phone number in a movie. That's exactly
1: right. Yeah. Yeah. And this was all fake indeed. <laughs> we've never tried any of these
2: beers. It's all made up. God,
0: how great would that be? I'd, I'd almost be more proud. It's like an Ors-
2: Orson Welles level like. I'd be more out.
0: proud if we were like teetotalers and this was just like the weirdest, longest
2: Or it longest was just
1: all Bush-like. Con. The whole <laughs> time. Bush-like the whole time. And we just Googled names of beers and then just responded to them. Can we so, say, I have
2: respect for myself. I can't. I can't. <laughs> I couldn't have. Lied can about we that.
0: say that we're going to do that in an episode in the future where we drink nothing but Bushlight, just make up the beer names yep. and make up all the descriptions of the flavor? Yes, absolutely.
2: Wait, uh, what if it's uh, like some are real and some are fake and the audience has to guess which is which oh, without Googling?
1: That's good. Ooh. That's good. Or they have to guess which one, or they're all real names. They have to guess which ones we actually tried based on our responses. Oh. Mm.
0: I, I think I have an April Fool's episode idea. New all content right. just. coming in
1: hot anyways (laughs) hey if you've never listened to us before and you're just now coming in on what is about to be our 600th beer this is all going to be so weird for you (laughs) like honestly the content at its best is like mm, interesting mostly it's the beer And we've had so much of it now that it all tastes like white noise. So (laughs) this is going to be so fun for you. Anyways, we're about to do our 600th beer. And if you've listened to us in the past, you know that we rate and review our beers on a five-point scale, which changes every episode, which now that means we are about to evaluate our 600th beer split into chunks of six. We have now had 100 rating systems?
0: Yeah, something like that.
1: This is our 100th rating system then. No, we've...
0: We've had 102 ratings. Oh systems. yeah, because the cocktail episode. Yeah. Well,
1: all fine. numbers are arbitrary. Thank you for that contribution, <laughs> Ross. That was helpful and
2: moved the Just ball. Because we use a base 10 system, doesn't mean we have we, we can make our own significance. Yeah, this. see this. Yeah,
1: we're
0: a- switching to binary after this. Yeah. It's yeah. going to
2: be real weird. Base 7. Um <laughs> anyways,
1: our rating system for this a non-momentous rating system but a momentous beer nonetheless. Um it is the Monday before Thanksgiving. And Thanksgiving, at least in the Midwest, I assume this is true of the country, at a minimum, but Thanksgiving here typically means uh, time for Christmas things to just start showing up everywhere. Well, this will
0: be posted deep
1: December, so... So, very topical. Yeah. Um, I know that we, for a fact, will be spending Thanksgiving putting up our Christmas tree and watching football and listening to Christmas music, and so it got me thinking about an undersung hero of the Christmas holiday, which is the Christmas light, and in particular... Good and bad Christmas lights. Who do you think
0: doesn't appreciate a Christmas light?
1: Well, the the people who use the Christmas lights that are ones and twos on my list don't appreciate a good Christmas light. Oh, okay. So So, they're profaning. That's exactly right. right, That's exactly right. So what I've done is I've created a five-point scale of really great Christmas lights and Christmas lights you should avoid as you think about decorating for the future. So a one, the worst kind of Christmas light, and or in this case, the worst kind of beer, It's the ones that are, like, hyper-flashy, the ones that go really quick all of the time. Oh, yeah, they're programmed into doing a fucking light show outside. Just stop, everybody. Like, you're, A, a neighborhood nuisance, and, B, you're bugging everybody.
0: Yeah, if you're doing a hyper-flashy, you're also one of the guys that views Christmas lights as a competition. That's exactly right. Like, you're trying to dunk on your neighbors, Boom, and it's the absolute worst. That's exactly right.
1: Christmas lights should be accents to a theme. They should not be concerning contributions to the theme. And a hyper flashy is a concerning contribution. Get that shit out of here. A two. So pretty bad. Not something you are enjoying, but something that is categorically better than the worst thing of all time. They're the Christmas light icicles. And particularly the ones that look like they're dripping by turning off the lights programmatically top to bottom. You know what I mean? Yeah,
0: no, that's not good.
1: Hideous.
0: Also, they're like white or blue, which isn't flattering. Right, exactly. Now... Here's the thing. I will fuck with a chili light non-Christmas time. Well, yeah, non-Christmas time. As a shape. Totally. With a what chili what, light. what what
2: is the, what is the shape of chili?
1: Well, no, like a chili pepper.
2: It's like oh.
0: a,
1: they're shaped like a chili pepper.
0: Okay. Right? You never,
1: you never had those. They're like really uh, like you find them in like you know like roadside uh-huh. diners. They're sure. like red and orange. Okay, like yeah, I, yeah. I like that. Yeah, totally. But that's
0: festive. not Christmas themed at all. Though. No. no, no, it's the same shape though. But the thing is, okay. they're not blue and white, so okay. they don't have the weird shape. Plus, you just hate those colors. They, well, they're
2: unflattering, they Ross.
0: They don't look. <laughs> <good>. <laughs> they're unflattering. They don't colors. look good. It's wow.
1: it's already white and blue everywhere outside because winter. You don't need to add to that. You, the Christmas mm-hmm. light, again, should be an accent. Sure. okay, I got it. Yeah, you're, got doing,
0: it. you're doing Instagram okay. model stuff out there, and they're not, like, taking <laughs> pictures under fluorescence. Right, like, sure. Right. That doesn't make you look good. You've just put fluorescence on the outside of your house. Thank you. Wow. Nobody
1: wants that. Thank you. A three. So this is just, like, standard, a, a little bit better. You're, you're enjoying it. It's fine. You'd go back to this well. It's a nice warmly lit small bulbed, slow moving pattern light so like the ones that go in a square go in a line so it looks like everyone is turning off and then the one next to it is turning on it's a little festive it's a little fun it's not like too an abstract fun.
2: pattern not like yeah that's exactly not right. trying to be like a dripping ice no or, not being yeah, a griswold yeah. you know what i mean <laughs> okay just, uh, just y- like
1: moving around the window how
0: old-fashioned wow. like one goes out i got to do the whole line no
2: no no
1: no. you definitely you okay. want the ability to separate okay. you know like replace a bulb not a whole string yeah. kind of thing all
0: right if it's not that old-fashioned i'm okay with it no it's no not, no that it
1: no it sucks. yeah those things are terrible mm-hmm. if, if you still have lights where you have to replace a whole string when one light goes out especially if they're those movement or program like they're 399 at target just mm-hmm. just grab a new box. <laughs> Honestly, just request some square cash from me. I got you. All right? <laughs> now we're getting into the good stuff. And I want to say very importantly that I am a big fan generally of the small bulb as compared to the very large bulbous Christmas mm-hmm. light. Mm-hmm. So a four and a five for me are both iterations on the small bulb. Now, here's where things I think will get a little contentious. A four for me, good, not the best, maybe even great, not the best, is a small, bold, soft, white light. No, no, we're off the boat. Like See? warm, sort yeah. of, like, yeah. Yeah, I really yeah. like it. It's relaxing, it's mm-hmm. calming, it's a good accent. Yeah. But a five is I'll the... will do a
0: white, like, you can get, like, a yellow, like a like a light bulb flavor of that sure like, yeah, yeah yeah. i'm okay with that yeah, i'm good with but that the too white the sharp white no not like, not day color no, no one's helped on that. that's
1: why i said like soft glow okay, okay. not like the light bright white you yeah. know what i mean no but I'm, like down, the, I'm down
0: with like a 60 watt classy christmas like, yeah, white okay. light okay mm-hmm.
1: and then a five is the small bold uh multicolored light well there you go yeah
2: do you know in australia those are called fairy lights
1: i i i didn't okay i didn't know that that's so fairy lights mm-hmm.
2: then in australia here's, okay here's
0: the thing um I'm not much for decorating my outside of my house. Right. If you wanted to put uh, saw, small bulb, multicolored Christmas lights right. in a room in my house at any time of year, I'm yeah. fine with it. Absolutely. I don't care how tacky it is.
2: 100%. So you're, you're fine with using those lights as year round decor, like yes. just lighting? They're, they're joyous. Chili
0: lights. That's the best part about them. They're like Christmas lights but they're good all year you round. Do you want chili
2: lights just for a person's house? You're visiting someone there. I want them from my house. You right. want them from your he house. He would put them in his house. Yeah. That like Christmas gift idea. Yeah. Yeah. Right there, right? yeah. yeah. Caleb
1: <laughs> wants chili lights. Uh, I think generally <laughs> that uh, a nice... That's the small only way bold, I lit my dorm room. <laughs> a nice small-bulb multicolored Christmas light is joyous year round. It just so happens to make Christmas even more joyous. Yeah, have you ever important.
0: been to an outdoor bar that has them up here? Oh, love it. Yeah. You're never not grateful exactly. for that. Exactly. Having
1: like, a blast. Yeah. I... If I'm sitting on a patio that is lit with those multicolored Christmas lights in July, I'm going to have a fucking blast.
2: It's just light enough that you can see, but you can't like read or. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. That's what you want. (laughs) Anyways, that's how we're going to rate and review beers, including,
1: again, our momentous 600th. And on that note, we're going to grab some B double E R S's and come back to talk about board games.
0: Spencer, you're drinking something sweet over there. I am. That I I got with the hopes it would be high level.
1: So this is what beer five ninety six seven somewhere in there. Yeah, something like that. Yep. This is from Firestone Walker, who has generally been. Maybe, maybe even the brewery of the year for us. Yeah, all quality. It's up with that in Sweetwater. Yeah, totally.
0: But they both got them thick neck cork bottles. They do. They got. Are they very expensive? Fucking. Yeah, they're expensive as fuck. They really are. Thank you, Patreon and our backers. (laughs) (laughs) So this
1: is the Bretta Blanc. It's a wild ale fermented with white grape juice. It's also nine percent alcohol. So
0: when when I bought this, the lady says, "You know these are expensive, right?" I'm like, "Yeah, you know, like not not beer priced." yeah I, I got this
2: yeah we've yeah, done, yeah. It, we'd done it before we did see, i did see the label that you put so kindly in your store <laughs> yeah i do know how commerce works <laughs> on a basic level that's phenomenal
0: that's phenomenal that
2: is fucking
1: phenomenal jesus i want to drink um, what oh it's a wild ale i thought it
0: was a white ale no it's just got white grapes
1: it's just got white grape juice sir uh the, i want i will drink that Till the cows fucking come
0: home. Oh, God, that's good. It
1: is appropriately sweet. There's a little bit of like the uh, the champagney, almost wine quality on the back end. You get a little bit of the funkiness up front, but the sweet really interacts with it nicely. Oh, you want another sip?
0: Ah, uh, yes,
2: but... Oh, I mean, crap. you can go for uh, it.
0: But for... Yeah, for a wild ale that's mass-produced on that scale, yeah, firewall First and Walker has a crazy wide distribution. When but, you put
2: a cork on your on your beer, you're saying, like... Right. This is quality. This is, Well, you're saying it's quality. Like, you gotta back it up. Well, also, sure. I
0: paid $12 for it, because... I would break that thick neck bottle and yeah. stab
2: someone if it was
1: bad. But, oh, uh, exactly. Yeah. Right. It's a what, bold What's saving.
0: the official rating on that? Hard five. Hard five. Yeah. It's very lights. Very lights. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. No, that that's unbelievable. Um, I don't always finish the beers that we drink anymore. Many of them are not worth finishing either. I'm probably going to drink all that, and then I'll probably go buy another one on the way home.
2: <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I'm a little sad about that.
1: That you're not gonna drink, That you're <laughs> well, not gonna get to drink it. Yeah, yeah. yeah a little yeah, bit. Yeah. You want to pour some out? You can pour some in a glass after this
0: segment. Assuming <laughs> okay. it's Still there? Yeah. yeah. Hey, Assum- hey, Ross. Don't worry. We got some evil twin beers coming up. You can be our beer gutter. Yeah, man. You can drink all I... that. There's yeah.
2: Some- yeah. So for just you. for the listeners know, I often finish beers that that that, that neither of them want to finish because right. you're a hero. I am a hero. It's also wasteful. <laughs> yeah. It's well, wasteful. Sure. Depending. Yeah. Yeah. You're an eco. It's inv- exactly environmental. Yeah. Cap-
1: Captain Planet over here. Yeah. He's just really doing good work.
2: Captain
0: Planet producer Ross.
1: Uh, hey, this is Dissecting Our Fun, where we talk about board games. And even though we have played some games we could probably review lately, you recently had uh, a board game teaching moment to kind of inspire you to a topic.
0: Yeah, so I'm going to call this my uh, board game thesis series, mm-hmm. where I'm just sort of trying out ideas. Sure, we, sure, so we sure, did sure. the best way to determine what kind of games you like is to tell me what kind of games you hate. Right. right. Specifically, games you hate within a genre you typically like. Right. Um, so this, this one's my new board game thesis. So I think the best use of theme Mm -hmm. in any game Mm -hmm. that you can use Mm -hmm. is going to be to make failure in that game fun. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. And, um, for example, so for instance, uh, I know I'm really late to the boat on this from 2008, but I just played galaxy trucker for the first time. Never played it. It's very fun. We'll we'll have to play it sometime. Uh, You have to, under time, speed assemble these ships that will go on journeys to carry cargo. Um, But the journey will have, like, you getting shot, you'll have to shoot raiders, you'll be hit by meteors, um, and you're, you're randomly revealing one tile at a time and then choosing to put it in your ship and back in what is like 60 seconds. Mm-hmm. So you make just the worst ships. You make ships where like your guns face your own cockpit or you have are <laughs> you have like nine engines and nowhere to store any cargo. You're just a giant exploding bomb through Love space. Are you like, you make something where you have like one tier point where it will make half of your ship fly off into this void right. and a meteor hits it. And you're down to like, uh, just a cockpit of lonely dudes spiraling into the abyss. And it's hilarious every time. Um, and no one's very good at it. <laughs> right. I didn't and, realize
1: that's what kind of game it was. Yeah. That yeah. It's
0: great. It, it is great. Right. Um, and that's the thing. It's not a mechanically super tight game. Right. Because um, it's not a Euro game. But th- the other thing I was thinking of, like, we play a lot of Euros and stuff. And uh, we play a lot of games like Tapestry. We just play Tapestry, for interest. Fucking great. Tapestry, um, part of what it does is, in order to keep you playing, is it obscures how badly you're losing. That's Right. Like most Euro games, because that's the only way you keep playing a Euro game. If you knew that Agricola was over turn two, which it was when we played Agricola, but if you knew that, you would be miserable the entire time. So a Euro game puts up a screen around the point salad so that you can enjoy playing it until you get to the part where you lost because you made a suboptimal choice. Mm -hmm. But the best part about a theme is that it can make that losing thing fun.
1: Right, right.
0: Um, so another game I thought was Evolution. I think
1: this is this is the one we talked about this weekend, and I think you're spot on
0: here. I just played that with David in. Uh he's very bad at it. I am bad at it too. We both lost to a child. We won't go into that. But uh
1: <laughs> quality game though. If you've not checked out Evolution from North Star Games, same company that does Quacks of Quedlinburg. Yeah. Definitely. Great know. expansions. Yeah.
0: Um solid. But you're you're building these species to be evolutionarily like prominent and they give you ways to name them. And like Norman would like get so excited, he would he would build a species, he would like name them as like, oh, they're the Cracosaurus Rex mm-hmm. And then my Terrible. Su- and then my swarmy nom noms, because right. the, the, the child was much better at us. I couldn't eat him, he was he was protected. He he would destroy me. Norman was the only one left, so my swarmy nom noms would just Consume his species that did literally nothing. Yeah. They they popped out of the evolutionary framework and then just dead ended instantly. <laughs> and like that was the whole game. It's like by the end of it, he's just like, I gotta. This is like, yeah, it's extinct now. Right, it's it's
1: dead. <laughs> Thanks for playing.
0: And but he he scored like two points the whole game, but he had a great time because right. it was a lot of fun, and sure. I had fun too, making fun of our little animals. Right. Um So. There's that uh,
1: fog of love is just the most fun. <laughs> it's just the most fun. It's and
0: almost better when you have a relationship that doesn't work out,
1: right? I was going to say uh, we've played fog of love. We played through a couple scenarios once, maybe twice now. I don't totally remember. And I actually didn't ever know if I was winning or losing, and that's okay because I was having a blast just making the choices under the rubric of the theme. Yeah,
0: it's a two player game, but you can easily just watch people play fog of love and right. have a good time. We couples did, which I thought was yeah, brilliant. Yeah, couples it is great. Yeah. Uh,
1: Yeah. Uh here's a game that is not on your list, but we've talked a lot about lately, and I think very much fits the theme of uh theme makes it so losing at least feels kind of fun or enjoyable. Uh I think the Quacks of Quedlinburg uh kind of incentivizes some losing, right? I mean so (laughs) I blew up. Right. Yeah. The whole (laughs) thing is like you're a mad scientist, you're pulling shit randomly out of a bag. And in theory, you're supposed to be able to do a little probability math and decide, like, when's a good time and when's a bad time to make a pull. But even if you make a pull, especially in early rounds, and this is the thing I think we don't talk about enough with Quacks of Quedlinburg, in early rounds, it almost always behooves you, I think, uh, to go ahead and push your luck and blow up because a it's kind of like on theme and b so you're going to lose out on three victory points or two victory points Yeah, but you're early. still going to make yeah you're going to get to make a purchase now late game certainly last round it doesn't beho- behoove you to do that but early i think the theme makes it so that yeah the random pulling which is kind of like the whole fun of the game in the first place just keep going like maybe it pays off maybe it doesn't and i think that's the thing like a push your luck mechanic in <clears throat>
0: quacks i think you just blew up and it is fun sometimes right. but it's very um it's the same every time. Yeah. If there's a narrative, if something with the theme could be sure. hooked to that, yeah. where like if you pushed your luck, you would not be sad. You would get something unique out of blowing up in sure. the same way you would get something unique point wise out of continuing and succeeding. Yeah. That's like, that would be amazing for yeah. me if you thematically had a game where it's as fun to fail yeah. in a push your luck mechanic as right. it is to succeed at it. Right. Like, because God knows I make the suboptimal choice every time. If there was a game that gave me a unique, failure condition every time I pushed my luck too far. I would just do it just to see what all the cards...
1: <laughs> well, <so> like, <laughs> like um, uh, uh, Orleans, right? Mm-hmm. The, one of the ways that you can kind of, like, fail the push your luck here, so to speak, is that you can overstuff your bag with stuff early that you're not gonna need late, right? So that when it gets to late game and you really need to pull a boatman or something to be able to do something meaningful on your board, but you stocked up on knights early so that you could get more pulls. Well, yeah. now you've got a bunch of fucking garbage knights mm-hmm. coming out and it's clogging up your bag and you've pushed your luck too far um, at least then what Orleans has done is build in that city board or whatever, the capital board.
0: You can start contributing to those big goals. That's right. You can yeah. start
1: dumping some of that failure off yeah. and still get something, and I think that's one of the reasons... And that's I good really Euro
0: it. game. It doesn't suboptimal your choice. Right, but like, yeah. But I'm thinking like Mountains of Madness. I'm never sad when I lose Mountains oh, of Madness. Sure, yeah. Because by the end of the game, I can say the reason we lost Mountains of Madness is because you didn't put a mustache right. on your face right. whenever you talk to me. Yeah. And this card says I can only answer you <laughs> when you pretend to have a mustache. Totally. Like, yeah, that, that... You know, that... A unique failure condition for right. me is uh the best thing a theme can, can do. That's one of the things I'm proud about in Party Foul. Like when you do well and then someone fouls you, is like, yeah, you said a really cool thing, but right. someone was making out really inappropriately. So yeah. now and then you go to the you go to the bathroom and puke and suddenly you forget about it. That's my favorite
1: part Back about Party Foul. It's so
0: dumb. Right. It's uh it's a really silly theme, but yeah. it makes the take that mechanic not as um Punishing. awful. Right. It's not munchkin-y, which no. is what, which we were trying now to Now the avoid. game is over for you. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, I
1: didn't want to be. I mean, mm-hmm. I'll make a suboptimal move, but I'll get to optimal points mm-hmm. after that. Um, yeah, that's interesting. When you pitched this to me on Saturday, I hadn't really thought about games where failure gets fun. Yeah. Um, and uh and i'd be interested if if our listeners have any recommendations on games that do failure mechanics really well or or, or themed mechanics that make failure but, okay. i mean there
0: are video games that have this like outer worlds has the dumb play like i i would enjoy scythe a lot more if at some point it could like just mock me for how bad i'm doing oh yeah or say something interesting right. regarding my terrible performance yeah uh tapestry as well also dead last and that something about jamie spegmire yeah spegmire is just, is just alien really to
1: me. really not good for you we need um try euphoria and see if that's the case or and or Charterstone. yeah if yeah. you're bad at those games then i have Charterstone. yeah so do i i got a copy of it All and right. it's one of those ones that's kind of sitting and like i'll get it in when i get
2: it in well it's a legacy game too so it's right. like can you commit to three months of play yeah totally
1: yeah. and i can't right now Anyways, a uh, very interesting contribution. If you have good suggestions for interesting themes that make failure fun, we'd love to know more. I think or we're on a board on game these.
0: thesis we should discuss in the future.
1: Boom! Instead of instead of specific games, a board game thesis. I like that. Okay, we're gonna grab more beer and we'll be right back. Caleb, this may be the longest named beer we've ever had. It's up there. So what is it?
3: <gasps>
0: Firestone Walker Brewing Company's Cross-Atlantic Wild Ale aged in wine barrels with raspberry and candied violet petals named... Ooh. Violet I- Underground. I missed two words in typing it. It's so long. Right. I missed the actual name. It's called Violet Underground.
2: Candied violet petals. Candied violet. Petals. That is the most Victorian decadent thing. Yeah, like you're in an opium den and like right. people are spraying, like just dropping them on you as you are <laughs> chasing the dragon. Oh yes. It's the. It's like it's a very Oscar Wilde kind of. It a, really is. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, it is Firestone Walker, and they have been historically good, including only minutes ago. I yeah. am. Here's one thing I'm worried about a lot of their stuff tastes kind of similar to me, mm-hmm. so I'm worried that this just gonna is just gonna taste like a slightly different, especially back to back yeah
0: here's the thing it tastes it tastes very similar right uh, I do not pick the violet up as much as I would you like. mean you mean the candied violet petals the candied violet petals? It is still intensely drinkable, and I would drink a million of them. Do you
1: get the raspberry?
0: Uh, I get the raspberry more a okay. little bit more than the first one. um it's still a hard five, but right. I feel like it's probably using the same base. Oh yeah. And uh I don't get candied violet petals. Which I actually know what they taste like due to
1: sake. So
2: Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I've
0: had some violet sake that's
1: very good. But yeah. Woo. it's still delicious the raspberries uh, something is definitely I actually tart. like that a little yeah. more than the first one I, I mean, think I might too yeah. yeah, I like it a lot Yeah, uh, the, it's very the t- good the tartness I think helps quite a bit needs a shorter name uh, we'll, we'll say that much it does Co- should
0: condense that there yeah. is a the, oh! solid paragraph yeah. on that right
1: well Violet Underground in and of itself I think is a decent name right it's, if, you it's can, that, if you can find wasn't it wasn't that the... a cream
2: cover band from the 80s maybe yeah it <laughs> certainly sounds like it
1: um, hey we're into well what is Really, your number one vote getter hybrid twice. Twice you you voted two things one, and rather than depri- deprive any of you of that, we've put them together. This so a, a s- three
0: way tie this week. Wow.
1: So it's a will never bother nice. uh, obligatory reference to B Arthur here. A will never bother and innervium fusion. So here's what we've done. We posted on Twitter. If you're not following us, check us out at The Mixed Six. It's one of your many opportunities to participate in the production of this fine piece of content. We posted on Twitter, we need elements for a Hallmark Christmas movie. Because here's the bit. Uh, There's going to be 40 Hallmark Christmas movies this season. And uh, we want to help Hallmark in their efforts to produce so fucking much. And so we've decided to try to slip a script in there unnoticed. And see if in their craze they could also make our film. But here's the thing. In order to make it stick, we also thought we probably need some sponsored by and or marketing angle to throw in as well. We're going to be cost neutral. We're going to make this shit passive
0: income. That's exactly right. Because we're going we're to native marketing it, mm-hmm. get the whole script paid for mm-hmm. in production, and then it's just raking in that sweet Hallmark
1: tens of dollars money. i don't <laughs> i don't know right. how do
0: they make any money on i these? assume i
1: assume it's all just on
2: ornaments right <laughs> i think you're totally underestimating number of people who eat shit like that up like i mean i i don't know that i love it i
1: don't know that i'm underestimating it i i recognize that there's you're probably trying to deny it. a large cross-section of america who really enjoys the the hallmark holi- holiday special they definitely do yeah it just um and this this do is they coming Buy
0: stuff as a result of
1: it no
2: no.
0: Yeah, what's the funding model? Is it just advertising? No, I mean, dollars? it's just a- like advertising cheap
2: movies slapped yeah. together with advertising, like right. normal made for TV movies. Yeah, yeah. I yeah.
1: Guess. Most television, maybe. All right, we can do this. We're yeah. intelligent. So we've picked, uh, we've picked three elements uh, shared on Twitter, and thank you all for your participation. Some, there were a lot of really good suggestions. A lot of con- maybe the most contributions we've certainly had mm-hmm. uh, on one of these threads. There were a lot of good contributions. And then we've also picked an item to sell. So the three contributions that we'll be using, which are narrative elements, we must include. Uh, Someone who only gets one present because their birthday is close to Christmas. That was a a contribution from one Maddie Gibbons. Mm -hmm. Shout out from the podcast. (laughs) Another element that we're including uh, is uh, Santa, but Santa's trapped in the body of a talking dog. Uh, That's you
2: could actually picture that movie. Yeah, totally. That movie has actually probably been made. It's
1: just it's just Airbud claws yeah, or yeah. some shit. Yeah, uh, but claws is spelled with a W. C L A W S. Yeah, yeah. See, kills got it. Why yeah. do I not get credit
2: for this? Uh, okay, you're right. I it was said your, it aloud. You were. The
1: joke was baked in. I know. Uh, the third element we'll be including is uh, oh, also it's set in the Stone Age, which is going to make the item we're selling very special. Because it's the Cybertruck from Tesla. Um, <laughs> e- Elon Musk's latest. It and doesn't greatest. have a brake pedal.
0: Here's the thing. I think we can do that's this. That's true, actually. I think mm-hmm. we can do this in one move.
2: Not three movies? One? No, I mean, I no, think one I, movie.
0: One move. Wow. That it's just open. Okay. It's ready for the plot. Let it roll. Is it too late for another Back to the Future film?
1: Definitely not. Is it, it might be too early. <laughs> that is the argument I would make. No, uh, original cast. Here's the thing. If you're going to besmirch classic film by making it a holiday or a hallmark Christmas <laughs> movie. Okay, here's the thing. I'm, I'm not, not going to... Prometheus already exists.
0: I here. am not going to besmirch it because <laughs> Back to the Future 3 already exists. Wow.
1: <laughs> you know, some some might say that Dickens' A Christmas Carol really is Back to the Future, given the Ghost of Christmas Past and the future. I say we do it original cast. Uh,
0: we We bring everybody back. It's going to be a very old Christmas, which is the Hallmark demographic. It is. The DeLorean has been replaced. They don't make parts for it anymore. You got to use a Cybertruck. That's your time machine. But it's the Stone Age. I know, but Marty... Oh,
1: we're taking it back to the Stone Age. Yes,
0: Marty and Doc go back to the Stone Age with... Before
2: Christianity.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Okay. They learn the meaning of it through a talking, I want to say... Jack Russell Terrier feels like the dog. Oh, kind of a they wishbone. Would, they would cast wishbone, to yeah. be Santa. Uh,
1: I don't know. He, they're they're so they're so hyper. I, okay, I, what what breed would you use? Well, something like like bigger and fuzzier, like a, a Newfoundland, like a Malamute. Uh, yeah, or a Sheephound. Okay, um, uh, maybe a Wheaton Terrier. Uh, wow, th- mm, they're kind of fun. That's, they that's, se- that's they seem like a little kid. That's brother-y. a little. That's a little. Mm, you know. not crazy about Wheatons? No, nope. I like Wheaton Terriers. Um. What would be the perfect Santa dog?
2: It's gotta be a Labrador or a Jack Terrier. What right? about like a Bulldog? Yeah, he's like a, a French piece.
1: Bulldog, English Bulldog? Okay. Yeah. Bulldog?
0: You could do uh you could do like an Airedale, because they sort of naturally have the terrier there you go. beard. There you go. And you could
1: whiten that
2: shit. Yeah.
0: And so it's obvious. Doesn't he Santa. have to
2: speak with a Scottish accent then?
1: Well, uh we're remaking Back <laughs> Look, in the Future here, with Cybertron. Here it's so. Doc's
0: Dog. He did experiments <laughs> uh-huh. on it. Uh-huh. His name is Ansa. And you're just you never hang a lantern on it. You just like let people realize that this dog that talks That's and says go. ho 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 a lot is secretly <laughs> the reincarnation of Santa. Answer. Yeah, you make huh. it like a deep cut fan theory thing for the conventions, which Howlmark oh, obviously sure. has now. Mm-hmm. So Marty's tired of his fucking kids right. forgetting his birthday, right? Um, and he's already interfered with his conception once, right? So <laughs> he gets in the cyber truck with. Doc's—I don't know—he's got to be old by now, right? Doc is Christopher Christopher Lloyd
2: is not right. uh, He
0: wheels, he wheels Doc into the Cybertruck. They're gonna, (laughs) they're gonna go back to change his date of conception to be in November. So they're gonna try and push the prom up, but they overshoot, and they're in the Stone Age, uh, in a world without Christmas, which is the really. And that's the sort of, like, this one uh, wonderful life theme at the end of it, oh. is Marty realizes that it's better to lose a birthday for Christmas than to lose a Christmas for a birthday. Because Christmas is the time that brings us all together. Holy shit. Him and Ansa and Doc Brown witness the birth of Christ, <laughs> and uh, we do a whole Charlie Brown thing at the end of it. Wait, so they also
1: go to Bethlehem? Yes. Wait, what's, okay. the, what's the Charlie Brown thing now?
0: Well I mean you do like a biblical reading like oh like a, there there's like a pageant going on in the B plot back in <sighs> like back in the real timeline for his kids right. and the cyber truck will like somehow blaze in there through a quantum portal here's the best here's the best they'll have to like do a reading from the bible or something like that yeah
1: and to make it a real deep cut for back to the future um so marty mcfly has a shitty truck right but then he goes back and when he comes back after altering the timeline he has a nice truck so when they come back it's not a cyber truck anymore Oh. Like that's we also solved the Cybertruck. <laughs> Wait for an
2: advertise. That's a that's a bold thing. No, to here's like, the thing. Here's it's the thing.
1: Elon, it, sponsored by Elon Musk, who recognizes he screwed up. So this is a way of getting to Cybertruck too. I don't think
2: Elon Musk can ever recognize. I don't. I think he's biologically incapable of recognizing. Here's, here's are gonna do. Here's how we're gonna
1: do the marketing thing. When they
0: first go back, mm-hmm. they're going to encounter a number of pre-Christian Syrian cults. One of which will begin worshiping the Cybertruck. So you get those solid uh, images of the Cybertruck streaking with the like hot tire tracks cool. landing on like a, a mountain and, the, and then people just like uh, abdicating to it and worshiping
1: it. Wait yeah. a minute. In, wait, flip it. So assume Elon Musk is paying for this and Ross is right that Elon Musk's ego <laughs> means we could never learn anything else. When they go back, Uh, marty mcfly has a shitty truck when they fix everything and come back now it's a cyber truck and Mm -hmm. the movie ends with doc brown saying where we're going we don't need (laughs) brakes yep roll credits sponsored by tesla
0: you
2: tied it all together that's right yeah
0: can we also, because Jesus is taking the wheel, and then bring back the Christmas thing? Well, maybe. You know? yeah. yeah, maybe yeah. Jesus <laughs> is
2: driving and docks on the side. Uh, no, from, from. Jesus says it. Jesus says it. A grown-up up it. Jesus of Nazareth yeah. says, we're,
0: we're, going, we're going, we don't need, need breaks. breaks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: ghost of Christmas <laughs> to the future. <laughs> back to
0: the future 4. Yeah.
1: Ghost of Christmas to the future. <laughs> <laughs> Hallmark this too. We just 8 tie PM. in some
2: 10,000 BC stuff, like you know, just like uh, some directed Mammus. by Mel Gibson. Oh yeah, exactly. There yeah. you go. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Caleb I did. mean, who else is going to direct this? <laughs> I almost, Caleb almost spit. His I almost bureau. spit all over my computer. Yeah.
3: <laughs>
2: Man. We did it. Well, thanks, everybody. Got it in one. We're did I not here. say I got
0: it? I called my shot. Somebody, I pointed to the center Is there features. something
2: painted? Like, what pattern? Well, is this just a steel Cybertruck, or do we have, like, actual paint on no, it? No, just straight up just Cybertruck. Steel? No,
0: it's a factory Cybertruck. Yeah. <laughs> Only it's got a fucking weird thing that... What is it called? Flux capacitor? Flux capacitor
1: in it, yeah.
2: Mm -hmm. Which
1: actually probably is in the cyber. I was going to say like a
2: Christmas (laughs) pattern, you know, like a little... uh...
1: Oh, no, 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 no. We got to go. We got to go straight up stock off the line. Oh, yeah. One and only. Yeah. $38,000. $500 down payment. I'll get you one right now. 200 miles. So, where you're going, you might not need brakes, but you also can't go that far. So, you know, (laughs) kind of a a two for one
2: there. You have to keep going until your battery runs out. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Anyways, big win for Hallmark. Uh, You can call us for the licensing rights. We'll just (laughs) send you to our attorney. And on that note, we're going to get some beer and we'll be right back.
0: Spencer, we're on to the probably not good stuff that the Beer Hole gave us.
1: I mean, I don't don't want to make an assumption and then go looking for confirmation.
0: They haven't been doing well lately.
1: They've not. That's true. It's Evil Twin Brewing. It's a double dry hopped IPA. And the combination of those words are concerning in and of themselves. But here's the name of
2: this. Mm, uh, Yeah.
1: (laughs) A man who doesn't love IPA easily loves
2: too much. Oof. Oof! Also, the pattern looks like like uh, the kind of shirt that an evil alternate universe Charlie Brown would wear. Yeah, that's right. That's exactly right. Yeah. It
0: was difficult to find this beer all the way up Evil Twin's ass. <laughs> <laughs> I really fished around in there and pulled it out. Yeah, so
2: that's a mental image.
0: That is uh, what they demand with <laughs> naming their beers like this.
1: It's also eight percent. So just all the way around, they went for it in all the right ways.
2: I question that part Mm -hmm, of mm -hmm. the word, right? That smells like the exact beer you think it is. And this is fresh. You just got this like, right. Oh Mm -hmm. yeah. I bought
0: this yesterday. Jesus.
2: Oh my
1: God. (laughs) (laughs) Like here's the frustrating thing. There's some good flavor in there and there are parts of it that I really like. It's just so assaultively hopped. Um,
2: Assaultively is a really good adjective. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, it, yeah, exactly. It's it's hyper sweet. Um, sweet? Yes. It's it's so hoppy, it's syrupy. Um,
2: yeah. It's definitely super hoppy. Yeah. Which um, I do not care for.
1: Now, the dry hop, I do think gives it a nice bit of like kind of that like floral conifer-ish style on the back. But
0: it's just... It's not the worst thing I've ever had.
1: No, but it's just no. so much of what it is. Yeah. Um, it's probably a three for me. Uh, yeah, okay. yeah. I mean, would I ever order No, it's a two. I'd never order
2: another one. It's a two. Um, (laughs) That's that's a good criteria. Would I order this again? Yeah. Yeah. Knowing what I know, would I get this again?
1: Uh, Let me say this. So like in a social event where I could drink, but I don't feel like I need to drink to get through it, which I understand is its own separate issue that we have discussed at length. Um, And someone just brought me this like, hey, you look like you need a beer. I probably wouldn't open this. Is what I'm saying. I would I would rather bear through a social event without consuming alcohol than drink this alcohol to get. So a, a three is event. like I could
0: or I couldn't, but I will. Yeah, if it's a three. Yeah, but a two is like I could or I couldn't. But and a two is. But I'd rather I, not. Do I, I would not,
1: especially that yeah. IPAs kind of fuck with my stomach. Like I don't feel. Great what if it's after a drinking? really
2: bad social event?
1: Um, oh, well
0: that's not that's not could or couldn't that uh, is must right. yeah, so that yeah, is okay. a different yeah. Yeah, situation that's just okay. a different different right, ethical issue.
1: Mm-hmm. Um hey we're into this was a mistake which was also your number one so we've now had the triumvirate of your preferences people. And Q asks hey Q good to talk to you been a while. Q asks this was a mistake flying and plane travel your best ways to make it bearable and get through it including jet lag and related travel bits. Here's the here's the secret to flying. It's never good. There's nothing good about it. <laughs> yeah.
0: Don't expect good.
1: Right. Other than the fact that you get somewhere faster, and I'm not even sure that's a bonus all the time, depending on where you're going, flying fucking sucks.
0: Yeah. Your best is going for that could have been worse.
2: Yeah. No, no. The best is like, eh.
1: Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Nothing yeah, went yeah. wrong. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I got here. The plane ride wasn't bumpy. People. I'm excited assholes. if I get eh. Right. Uh, things were on time. Mm -hmm. My luggage is here. Mm -hmm. Now I'm at my destination. I don't feel like shit. Yeah, totally. That's probably right. The best version of the flight is Mm non-offensive. Yeah, that's exactly right. Now here for me, and there are a lot of things that I hate about flying. None of them relate to the physics of flying, which I just trust implicitly because we've been doing a lot of it these days. Um, The thing that I hate most about flying, and I've thought about this deeply because I do travel mm, quite a bit, certainly not as much as other people uh, probably who listen to this podcast, but enough Um, primary issue with flying is that you have almost no control over any part of it. And I hate being a passenger in a very figurative and literal sense. A near complete total lack of agency. That's exactly right. Yeah. From the moment you walk into an airport until the moment you leave an airport, almost nothing is on your terms. And I absolutely hate that. Like that for me is the the end of the list. There are lots of things that Well, I your cargo.
0: Like, you're, right. You're, as far as the airline is concerned, right. you're literally shipped under the same conditions as your bag. That's exactly
2: right. Yeah. <laughs> In <laughs> some cases, you're a loss leader, so people will pay for like right. flights to in a better class that's exactly right yeah business or first class or whatever yeah
1: um I, I don't like that I have no control. I, I don't mind. It's it's uncomfortable. I'm tall and a little wide, so I've never found a, a plane seat that was comfortable for me. I don't like that I have to pack all of my shit in a bag and then cram that bag into some space that is too small for my bag. I don't like any of that stuff. I don't like that I'm stuck in a tin can around a lot of people, none of it. But I can deal with all of that, but for the part where I have no agency from the moment I enter an airport. That for me is the, the biggest problem. But what then do you do to make it bearable. And I will tell you what we did when we flew to Metatopia two years ago, three mm-hmm. years ago, yeah. three years ago. Um, we got to the airport at like 9 a.m. I mean, we were there early, uh, 8.30, 9 a.m. The moment someone would sell us beer, we started buying beers.
0: Yeah, I'm going to recommend pills if, you, if you're if you a pill person. Right. And I'm going to recommend beer if you're a beer person. And depending on the length of Vite, I may recommend beer and pills. <laughs> Because it's pretty fucking great. It is neither. Uh, a you want to be, you, you want to be sedated. For to this be
2: honest, shit. there is actually one upside for flying for me. What's that? It's a. It's for me. It's. Uh, I get a lot of reading and podcast listening done because I have nothing else to do.
1: Oh, I do listen to podcasts almost almost exclusively. Yeah, but when reading I'm flying too. Like yeah.
2: if you have like a Kindle or whatever, uh, yeah. or just one a book. Those exist. Hey,
0: those neck pillows work. Uh, mm-hmm. Just don't buy them at the airport. If you could get the neck pillow, that technically doesn't count as a personal item. That's clothing. So, so great. So if you want to get a neck pillow before you get to the airport where it's not marked up like crazy. Totally great. Uh, mm-hmm. You can pass out on that flight. Game changer. Especially if you're on booze and pills. Is
2: it which... one that's stuffed or like an inflatable one? No stuff. Oh, stuff. Yeah, yeah. you want to go stuffed. With the okay. like velour kind of velvety yeah, you feel, don't, feel to
0: it? Yeah, you don't want the plasticky neck pillow. They, they've got some high quality neck
3: pillows in
1: I was not a I was not a believer in the neck pillow, pillow for years. I thought, "Well, that's annoying and bulky and I wouldn't want to walk around in that." And then uh Jared and I got a delay flying to New York, and so he walked off and then came back with two neck pillows. And he's like, "I don't know, I'm bored. We'll give it a shot." Game changer. Total oh, yeah. game changer. Neck pillow is great. Uh hoodie,
0: highly recommend. Oh, yeah. Put Definitely. that hood up, put them headphones in, yeah. neck pillow it up. Totally.
2: And make sure it's a zip up so you can control like Here's the other thing I'll yeah.
0: recommend. Um if you're sleeping on a flight, uh you probably have a backpack or something as your personal item. Put that shit on the wrong way. Oh, yeah. And then the sort of hug it yeah. and put your arms into the sides. Yeah. Sort of gives you a rigid slot. And then yeah. if you have your neck pillow on top of that, you're sort of sleeping upright in sort of like a cryo sleep yeah. position. Yeah. And that is the that is the way to do it. Hood up, headphones in. Right. You got your backpack on backwards. You're not putting it beneath you. You're, you're yeah. clutching I it. I like it. And then you're like, your sort of laptop Smart. or like whatever documents you have in there are sort of providing... Like stability. A rigid support on yeah. the front so you don't head first into the seat right. ahead of you. Um don't put your seat back because you're not a fucking monster. Right. Um
1: here's my here's my trick. Drink before but not on the plane because the cost of drinking on the plane is not worth it. You're already but, on the plane.
2: Yeah. The thing about the seat backs though, if the person in front of you puts their seat back, you have to put your seat I back. I disagree. Wow. You're no. a, you're a martyr.
0: Look, that's. I'm not going to fucking succumb to the tragedy of the commons because a dickhead sat in front of me. Like, that's right. okay. I shall not pass that savagery on to the people behind that's me. What, I will. We must I not know. all
1: suffer. I can't. Um, um, then, how do you deal with jet lag? Here's here's my trick. Uh, don't go to sleep. Like, run that shit out as actually, long as you possibly advice. can. I'm telling you, I've it's tried not, to get there and go to sleep. And how I'm bad. What at. is the
2: farthest you've ever flown? Um,. Not far. Yeah, exactly. F- like five or six, maybe? Yeah, yeah, don't. Yeah, yeah you mm, right. get on my level. <laughs> like, yeah. If you no, go to like. I will not do that. If you get on a 14 or 16 hour flight and you're basically right. on the opposite side of the planet, yeah. you definitely fucking sleep on the planet. Yeah, that sounds terrible. See, here's the other trick. No, don't no, no, don't no do sleeping that. pills. No, sleeping. It's an entirely different thing. You basically. Pills. Yeah. No, <laughs> well, Caleb is right. So basically, you wait until they serve the first meal, you eat the first meal, then you take pills. You you know, wait 15 minutes for them to kick in. Right. You go to sleep. Yep. You get shitty sleep, but it's something. And then by the time you wake up, you wake up a couple hours before your plane lands. Yeah. And you're tired, but you're you're it it, it, it helps your circadian rhythms. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So like if you're on if you're going to the other side of the planet, anything right. 10 hours plus, like, you need to do that. Just, just one thing to do is you don't can't travel that far. Yeah. Well, right. yes. No, well, okay. Yeah. Come on. Right. Yeah.
1: <laughs> one thing you could do is just stay in your general area. Drive, drive places. Maybe, Spen- maybe puddle jump. Spencer, have you considered other
2: places are good? And uh, you should visit. Yeah, them? totally.
1: Yeah. I, I both agree that other places are good and that I don't need to see them to agree with that. I do. Right. Well. Yeah. <laughs> so Q, if you're traveling Well, those um, are the
2: two viewpoints, I guess
1: Right, yeah, for the most part I mean, I'm fine, for the most part um, Q, I'd love if you're- to
0: travel to those places, but I cannot
2: yeah I, I just won't yeah patrons yeah. that's your fault you should back this patron more yeah patrons St- not the that's views of this podcast. your fault
0: not, I'm not about to <laughs> score in the patrons. <laughs> we are, we, we're gonna have a podcast meeting Well,
2: okay all you freeloaders I mean this is a regular episode so well, all right all right I freeloaders guessing. my goodness damn it's got aggro well this went poorly you kept giving me this wild answer pull the cord this went
1: well yeah no totally totally I think people learned a lot um, namely about your opinions towards them
0: <laughs> don't wear a belt slip on shoes oh yeah. On, be, yeah be a be a good person or be yeah. don't super recline. comfortable
2: shoes oh yeah
1: no. super comfortable shoes I, not
0: even comfortable slip
1: on it well, doesn't matter if they're comfortable like i have they good tennis shoes that i don't need to lace up i can just put those yeah. things right yeah on. if you yeah. can
2: slip an helmet off yeah. like that's yeah. that's the minimum requirement
1: uh if you can get away with not wearing multiple layers because there's nothing more annoying than having to take like a sweater or some shit off once you get through the line like maybe a well, hoodie is good ups. yeah, zip, yeah zip, zip ups are good ups. Right. Zip ups. Totally. that's the key yeah absolutely because you can regulate your temperature right amen Um, And if you're traveling soon, have a really great travel. Ross says sleep. Caleb says pills. Well, it depends on the length. Yeah, maybe. I say alcohol. So that's all pretty on brand. I say all three. Right. For this podcast. And uh, we're going to grab another beer, which I do believe is another evil twin. So this should be exciting. And we'll be right back. (laughs) What is that, our penultimate 600th beer?
0: Well, it's also from Evil Twin. Right. Because, you know, I did put some sins on Azazel Mm -hmm. before he was fed into the beer hole.
2: What sins?
0: Our many, many sins.
2: Mm -hmm. We haven't sinned on this podcast. Mm. We have sinned many times. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, Except for all the blasphemy. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Except for that blasphemy we just did. That champagne velvet beer felt like a sin. Yeah.
0: There's lots of things we
1: need. Is that arson or the people who made it? No, we we brought it to more of the world. Hey, oh.
0: none of the sins were Azazel's when we started either. <laughs> yeah, we that's fed true. Them we, into into was we, we carry yeah. that water. Uh, yeah. So this is Evil Twin Brewing's Island Bliss, which is a malt beverage Oof. with natural flavors. God. Which I love as a counterpoint to the last Evil Twin we had, which has way too much on the can and yeah. way too much information, and it's bad. And this one is just... Natural flavor. This is
2: some fucking fire festival shit. Like, <laughs> is, Island Bliss. Like, yeah. get the fire Island Bliss level for God. ten thousand dollars. It smell. It's a hurt. It smells
0: kind of like a wild. Oh, oddly enough.
1: Well, that's the natural. I I'm not gonna
0: taste it, but I'm not gonna taste it. Yet, but does that smell like a saison Let to you? Get up
1: in there. Saison. Uh, yes. Yes, it does. Yeah, it does yep. smell like a saison. Uh-huh. When you, when they don't it specify it. what natural flavors is. That's either. true. Maybe the natural flavor is saison, which I don't think is. It's not a natural flavor. Well, yeah. I mean, mathematically, you're right. So I'll <laughs> go with that. Thank you. Uh huh. Well, why? Oh, okay.
0: Just, just why? Right? Is it ugh. just? I mean, it's not bad. Okay. It's just, but it's not. Why would you malt beverage that? Of all the things to make a malt beverage out of, why would you like use chemistry to engineer that mm. flavor?
2: Mm, no. Definitely smells like a Wild Ale. That's,
0: that's a three to me.
1: I do not care for that. I don't. I don't like that flavor in my mouth. It's not. I like the it worst. better than the thing
0: you had. It's I like a, it better than the hop nonsense. Yeah, it's not lingering once uh, I'm done with
1: it. The 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 aftertaste is bad. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. I yeah. It's a little like like a little sweet metal. Yeah, it's a little what I'm, cloying. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't care for that. I'm still giving it a three.
0: I still prefer it to the previous one. But you're a generous man. Not very good. Um. It's Evil Twin. Remember remember (laughs) the worst thing Evil Twin did uh, did to us was the Pachamama Porter? Yeah, yeah. I I look upon those days fondly. What a gift that was. Yeah, those were were the good years (laughs) before Evil Twin lost their fucking minds.
1: I just want to know what happened. Like, I want to know where in there they were like, y'all ever seen Willy Wonka? That, but with beer.
0: But all mediocre beer. I think they found like a tome or something, like... The brewers like I found the secret. It's written on human flesh. And
2: God, can you imagine a craft beer Willy Wonka remake movie?
1: Uh, yeah, Evil Twin. Yeah, that's just what they're well, doing as there. a movie though.
2: Oh, uh, like you get to see the whole behind the scenes. Yeah, yeah, Oof. yeah. Fucking oopaloompas and like make it fucking uh uh yeah some well adults being murdered by the uh, well yeah obviously. I mean not children. I that think would, we're past the, yeah, we that. Yeah, we They can't that. drink. No. That's why. It's not no, the they wouldn't even part. be in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: um hey we're into a holiday fire sale which is your ask mixed six compendium of questions because frankly you all ask so many good questions we just decided to answer fucking all of them and also maybe the worst
0: and most depressing sign you could possibly read a holiday fire sale oh yeah man that's not things aren't going well for that business not great yeah
1: um how do you want to do this we don't have a good system for this we've only been doing this three years so it's taken us some time okay here's what i'm gonna do I'm going to name the person, read the question, and then I'm going to randomly assign an answerer, which could be myself. So you're going to do all of them? I will be bingo ball caller and bingo player, but you're also on the hook for bingo. All yeah. right, but if you win bingo, right. I am going to report you to the safe ha- Yeah, the hashtag list. collusion, definitely. Yeah, Ross, are you ready for this? Because you're, sure. you're, you're on the fucking list oh, here, man. Wow. So, uh, one motherfucking listen. Jeb Dale... Has asked what show were you originally interested in seeing but were turned off by to the due to the fandom of said show anime doesn't count we're all trash and that's how it always will
2: be Ross. Uh, let's see here, probably Parks and Rec. Really? Yeah, you think the Parks and Rec fandom is annoying? Um, initially, yeah, huh, it's like you have to. See, it was, there's kind of like this sort of air of like, oh, you haven't seen it. You, wow, yeah, I I came into it late. Like, yeah, okay, that's fine. I, I wasn't even watching it until like the third or fourth season, right? And then people like, oh, how dare you not watch this? So no, the first season's trash. Well, yeah, yeah. And I mean, that's the thing is, I watched a couple episodes of the first season. I was like, nope, yeah. And then people like a year later, like, oh, how dare you not watch Parks and Rec? Right, well, and then like, yeah. yeah. Hmm. So I feel similarly about the Good
1: Place, which is like at this point I couldn't even watch it without thinking about all of the things people have told me about the good place mm-hmm. yeah uh um, well it's the same people who did yeah of the it arc, is michael so, yeah. sure yeah adam l asks what's the worst software experience you have caleb spencer or producer ross and what is the one thing you'd want to change to improve it caleb
0: blackboard i would want to <laughs> nuke it from fucking orbit and hunt down everyone involved in this production
2: uh website admining. Oh, um, yeah. Just in general, it's a black hole of time and knowledge and uh, uh, my standards. I
0: could not hate the people who worked at fucking Cyberdyne Systems more than I hate the people who developed Blackboard. I, Kale
1: wins that. They like, need to be yeah.
0: fucking killed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but totally. website
1: admining is terrible. It's horrible. Yeah. Um, Alex C. asks, the end of the year is approaching. What's one piece of media shared to come out in 2020 that you're really looking forward to, Ross?
2: That's coming out in 2020? Yeah. Uh, jeez, what is something? What is coming out in 2020? Um, I can't really think of anything. I don't fucking know. Yeah, no. I, I don't know. I think
0: it's technically beforehand, but I do kind of want to see The Witcher. I see oh, you know what? Oh, yeah. I, I think kinda, it's technically pre 2020. I'm I'm
2: going to be a fucking weeb and say I kind of want to see Sonic. Uh, God damn it! Right? Wow. Yeah, uh,
1: you went from not knowing to that. No, I just popped in my head. What like, an aggressive transition! Because
2: they, they 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 revamped it and. I don't know. I kind of want to see if I don't know. I'm going to wait for reviews. But. You're, you're oh, a yeah.
0: big stand for James Marsden, huh?
2: Uh, that's obviously it. You're no, Marsden head. Yeah, huh? I'm Marsden head. <laughs>
1: Toby says, I need to know how Spencer picks a good bar. I know you did a segment on what makes a good bar. I want to know his magic secret for finding one after crawling out of a shipping container with his phone in a strange city. Don't you dare say me for the one directly addressed to you. Totally fair. Totally fair. <laughs> Toby, um, it's years of practice, and I typically don't don't <laughs> brag on my abilities. Um, I have one unique gift, maybe in the whole wide world, and it is to intuit where the next best bar is, and I rarely miss. I don't know how it, where it came from. I don't know why you it You are a
0: human dowsing rod.
1: I am. I totally am when it comes to picking bars. Here's my best guess for you. Uh, I typically Google, I look at things that are near me and or close-ish in the city, and then the one thing I'm looking for in pictures is a place that isn't trying too hard. And I mean that in all ways. It's not trying too hard to be retro, it's not trying too hard to be divey. it's not trying too hard to be anything, it's just trying to be a bar. And if I can find a place that looks like that, that's where I'm going to go. And I more often than not, that pans out. Gregory Bennett asks, since Caleb has mentioned going lifting, what are your workout routines? What tips and tricks help you get working and stay at it? Ross. Yeah, Ross.
2: (laughs) Caleb? Um, Well, I... I
1: okay do you have a workout routine yeah Yeah. all right jump in there
2: uh ellipticals and stair machine to start Then lifting some weights so uh ellipticals are like i tried running for a while but it was harder harder on my knees Mm -hmm. and so yeah stair machines are really good and then of course you know come with a varied weight lifting routine yeah Uh, so like i i just work out my goal is like maintenance like routine not like trying to get soul or whatever just like trying to not be as unhealthy
0: I hired a trainer because I don't know what I'm doing, right. Right? and I told him that I will always be fat, but I would like to be scary, mm-hmm. and so I do extremely low reps, like two to three reps for in, insane amounts of weight mm-hmm. for my body, mm-hmm. so
2: I'm doing power uh, uh, Can I also adjust my, what I'm looking forward to next year? Mm-hmm. Godzilla versus Kong. Oh, That's see, there about, you go. Yeah, yeah. I knew you'd
1: get there. Yeah, yeah. Um, I also hired a trainer. If you have the financial means to do so, uh, and I understand it's highly prohibitive. I cannot recommend it enough. It's been game changing for me. I went to gyms off and on for years and ran off and on for years and couldn't get into a rhythm. Having someone there to talk you through things and things and tell you what you're doing right and not doing right and what's going to work and what's not going to work has been very helpful. So I'm going at least two times a week and I actually am trying to like gain muscle mass and definition. It's going really well. So that's, that's really helped me.
0: The Mix 1200, we're just going to be fucking jacked. Just terrifying. It's going to be like JoJo does a podcast. Yeah. Just abs.
1: Friedrich from the Nordic Country asks, what do you expect from beer in our 666, Caleb?
0: Man, I expect a five-sided die rolled... With my tongue on the line, like we've done it for every fucking episode Wait, since, mm-hmm. and we'll do every episode next. Mm-hmm. I brought
2: back a barley wine that's kind of a cult theme from Australia. Do you want to save that for the 6-6 beer? Oh, God. You want me to pull it out? I can, just, I can read the label. feels topical. I mean, yeah. you
1: don't need to pull it out right now, but I'll, I will try it for beer yeah, 6-6. Yeah. There 6-6. is
0: no nihilism deeper than the randomness of fate we've assigned our palates to. <laughs>
1: uh, James Burns asks, Ross, how does one identify a flat earther
2: from the crowd? Wow, all right, Thank you for thinking I can do that uh, uh they're wearing a trump
0: hat done no 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 actually <laughs> actually that's
2: a, that's too simplistic and the, uh there are uh, so I would ask them anything about whether geography or astronomy, and uh that would give you some clues right right so Might yeah. give you a hint uh there's actually a good documentary on Netflix about that uh yeah, I saw uh, that last uh, night something in the curve like behind the curve. And uh, that'll give you uh, insight into their mindset. They're they're pretty insidious now. They're like anti-vaxxers. They're hiding amongst us. They'll get you. And, uh, but if you if you can just be nice enough, they'll reveal their shitty views. That's and exactly right. Idiocy. Yeah. yeah.
1: Uh, Rubrik asks, I'll take this one after 600 beers in several years. What would you have done differently about the Mix 6, starting it earlier, changing the format, or are y'all no regrets? Um, I'm probably no regrets on this. I think that we would have probably opened up uh, some of the, I would have probably chosen to open up some of the content types that we developed later in the game earlier, just cause I think it would have given us more variants early, Yeah, but I don't know that I would have changed the format of the show much.
0: I we, mean, I'm, I'm down with our subtitle, probably a great podcast right. in 2009. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, had we started 10 years ago, chances are people would listen to this. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I mean, I like, yeah, there's um, something to that. Mm-hmm um turtle asks how do you balance when a bad company does a good thing i'm debating picking up an angel tree child which would directly give toys to children who are getting nothing for christmas but it's run by the salvation army which has a rather sordid history with its interactions with the lbg community
2: well that's not a company it's a nonprofit.
1: yeah but do you think it's a bad idea to to do a good thing if it gets publicity for a questionable company caleb um
2: no You can find an equivalent.
0: Look, look, you can find an equivalent. You can do community organizing. You can find a kid in your very neighborhood within walking distance of your home who's not going to get Christmas presents. You can work with a church. You can work with all sorts of stuff. But the fact of the matter is you want to help someone and you're finding a way to do it. Mm -hmm. And you are now ten hundred percent more woke Mm -hmm. than the average person walking on the street in 2019. But So yeah. yeah, I get not wanting to give salvation army a bonus, but just as if there's no ethical consumption under capitalism, if the thing that you are giving to someone is actually getting to them and helping someone in need. Yep. F- fuck it. Yep. Totally. <laughs> like we, we all have to pray for the revolution anyway. Like don't right. feel guilty that you own an iPhone. Don't feel guilty that you're helping someone. Right. If you're legitimately helping them. Um, Don't let that cripple you. Just do the good stuff, and then
1: when you're done Mm -hmm. with that, do it somewhere else. Right. Yeah. Right. Rob Stith from the Orpheus Protocol. Shout out. Rob asks, what is a game, hobby, or significant media commitment that you really feel like you should be into, uh, by all indications to your taste, and you just can't get into for some reason? Any speculation on why? Ross?
2: Ross? uh watching more prestige television mm, mm-hmm. um like there's a lot of great shows that i really want to watch and i just can't get the focus to do it right totally so, yeah. yeah i've talked about this before but yeah that that's the biggest thing i mean i'm doing gloomhaven and gloomhaven's a huge commitment so i can't really commit to other board games at this point yeah uh i mean there's a ton of other role-playing games i could be playing and uh yeah it's just it's the i i'm in a lot of time intensive hobbies but, right yeah there's
1: Ethan Cordray asks, if you could add one new official holiday to the year, what would it celebrate and when would it be, Caleb? Th- you gave me the power to do this. That's All honestly right. your mistake. Damn you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> one new holiday
0: of the year, what would it celebrate and what would it be? Oh, it would be a worker's holiday. Yeah. There it is. Definitely. It would be a uh, strike day. You know, right. It would be two days every month. Yeah. It wouldn't be it wouldn't be just double the weekend. A holiday. It would be it would be two weekends are now days, four days long. Two additional days of every month where it's a four day weekend where you get just to Ugh. be with your family and build a community.
1: Just be there. Yeah. Um someone without a name says cheers to six hundred beers and many more years. Bless you. We Not agree. a question, you have failed. I'll take that one. That was a preamble, Caleb. <laughs> um Q asks where to start reading Kurt Vonnegut. I will take this one. Um If you're not reading Vonnegut to but you you just want to encounter Vonnegut work, like really good writing, Player Piano is honestly a really good place to start. It was his first novel, and frankly, it's a very, very good book. If you really want to get into Vonnegut, start with Slaughterhouse-Five. Uh, and just branch out from there. Uh, if you don't, I, I really believe that if you don't start with uh, the base assumption that part of Vonnegut is about uh, encountering absurdity through absurdity, then shit like Breakfast of Champions. And- so I
0: wouldn't do that. I'd do Cat's Cradle, though. Like, Ice Nine and Bokanon are stupid enough to be, like, maybe opener into Vonnegut. There's some parts in the early book that don't age well, but yeah. that's every Vonnegut. Yeah, uh, with the exception of maybe uh, Slaughterhouse-Five. Slaughterhouse-Five, Slaughterhouse Slaughterhouse five. exactly
1: right. It's pretty timeless and honestly, I think like Bluebeard is pretty timeless if i remember correctly. Um, Timequake is my favorite Vonnegut, but you need to be stitched into Vonnegut to get to Timequake. Yeah, that's, that's deep Vonnegut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, and then finally, Trekkie140 asks, I want to get into board gaming, but of the eight types of fun, my favorites are narrative and fantasy slash immersion. I don't find the methodical problem solving and tactical decisions of board games to be as energizing as socializing with other players, but if I do engage with the game, then I find it Distracting from that social experience. Are there any board games for people like me? Yeah, totally. There's tons. Yeah, what's Dude. that?
2: Um, what's that? uh Tales of a Thousand Night. Uh, oh, Arabian, Arabian Nights. Nights. Arabian Nights. Yeah, yeah, there's
0: no game part of that game to interact. It's very narrative. It's nothing but narrative, and it's a crazy fun narrative. talking about a game that makes failure your fun.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah,
0: totally. Yeah, totally.
1: I'm married an object now, right? And apparently, that means I'm worse on points. I right. don't know. This toaster really likes me. Um. I would say that that there are a number of board games that I think simulate some of the social interaction of uh, like stuff fables. That's exactly right. Gloomhaven, uh, if you Mice, wanna and go hardcore,
0: Mice and Mystics, Mystics. Like, I even
1: think like Time Stories or Detective. Oh, Time Stories uh, would Chronicles be great. of Crime. Time Stories you're
0: technically supposed to role play the whole time. We right. never have, No. but you can do that cuz the fucking that way. puzzles are so difficult.
1: Yeah. <laughs> So there are lots of options here. Um, they are typically bigger games and probably a little more cost prohibitive. But go co-op. But go co-op. Nothing but co-op. Yeah, yeah, totally. I totally agree. Uh, the Lord of the Rings Reiner Kinesia co-op game is an absolute blast. Mm-hmm. And uh, you could role-play the shit out of that if you wanted to. That is all the questions of the Mix Six Fire sale. We're about to get the 600 beer. We'll be right back. Woo-woo. <laughs>
0: about this I am truly up.
1: shocked <laughs> I mean really and truly we sat down at this table almost 3 years ago to the day yeah, it was like yeah. it was like mid to late November yeah and it was just like i don't know let's fucking let's just see what happens uh and this wasn't like a goal we wasn't like we're like no. we're going to hit 600 it was just like let's
0: see and 600 hundred's a
1: lot it's a lot of beer
0: and it's like a weird accomplishment to be like yeah we did it yeah. cuz like i drank 600 beers most people would be like Drinks, what
2: beers? the fuck is wrong with you, man? Um, six hundred unique, different, beers. unique beers.
0: beers that we painstakingly cataloged, and I feel like that's an achievement in and of itself. And I don't know why, but Azazel died for our sins, and this is where the mysteries of the beer hole go deeper. These are the two that are something mysterious, and there's no way to commemorate a mix six hundred with anything but a Stillwater Tisnall. <laughs> <laughs> what are you drinking?
1: Some might say the beer that really started all of this.
0: The beer that started all of it, the beer that continued through all of it, that surprised us midway through, had a had a character arc,
2: gave us something new. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but now we're in a new season, and like we got maybe the, maybe it <laughs> yeah. has to turn heel
1: again. <laughs> yeah, very much. Yeah, so. yeah. maybe it does. Got to keep up the K fab. <laughs> but that's what you want after 600 beers—something you don't know. Yes, you know yeah.
0: you do want a mystery. That's right.
1: So this is from Stillwater Artisanal, an 11% Kung Pao, an imperial stout brewed with chili powder, ginger powder, Sichuan pepper, sea salt, and peanut extract. This is just gonna fucking <laughs> kick you in the face. <laughs> Just every ingredient they could find,
0: look, I literally picked up the two still waters we hadn't tried yet, and this is yeah. one of them, and I love that it's got like a paragraph log sometimes yeah. description. <laughs> I didn't even know it was a stout
1: <laughs> it smells like a lot is yeah, what I'm yeah.
0: well, it says it's a lot. He is drinking it, yeah, it's got a lovely can it's got a like always, a chinese
2: menu Chinese restaurant menu always kind of has theme the loveliest can, yep. <laughs>
1: It's so weird. (laughs) That is one of the weirdest fucking beers I've ever tried. How how
2: spicy is it? It's a little spicy.
1: A little spicy. Here's the thing. it. As you're drinking it, you're like, oh, this is kind of a nice stout. And Hmm. then you put it down and the rest of the stuff starts to show up. Mm -hmm. And then you start to get some of the spice. And then you get some of the (laughs) ginger. And then you get the peanut. And there's a lot there. It is a terribly complex beer. I'm kinda into it. I know.
2: I'm kind of fucking into it's it. It's
1: super weird. And you can feel the ginger. It's like totally back there, right? Roof of the mouth. It's got a little bit of burn. Heavy on the peanut. The chili doesn't show up much for me. Little spice, but a lot of stout up front. I get no sea salt. No. No, no I get salt. no
0: sea salt. But like what what wouldn't get drowned out in yeah, that fucking totally. li- the fact that they have that many flavors working at once. Here's that, the thing, man. There's a bunch of beers that we drink, right? right. Yeah. Where, like, if you blind taste tested me, I could not be Randy Mosher and be like, oh, that's obviously, but my right. palate's not rather fine. If I drink Kung Pao, it's like, oh, well, that's Kung Pao. Yeah. Like, yeah. I've literally ne- never tasted anything like it's,
2: it. Yeah, it's a tingling. Like, it, yeah. it's, it's not th- It's not as spicy. But it's not itself. a harsh. No. It's, it, yeah. it's just some heat. It's just a nice little amount of heat. Yeah. Um, like, the Sichuan pepper is uh, almost non-existent. Mm-hmm. Because if I had cayenne pepper, that's like a numbing pepper. Like your your tongue doesn't feel like it's part of your body when you have that. But, but I can
0: I can taste the ginger despite. Yeah, that. I can definitely Which taste is the ginger. Bizarre. Yeah. It,
1: it it kind of has the effect. Uh, you know, like those uh, like ginger hard candies. Mm-hmm. It kind of has the effect of just swallowing one of those quickly. Yeah. That there's some flavor, then there's some gap, and then the ginger shows up. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a little kick. Yeah. But, but I can't, I pick up the
0: peanut too. I know after the ginger. I know it very much goes chili powder. Mm-hmm. Uh, ginger peanut.
1: Yeah, I gotta be honest. I think it's a five. I
0: it's a five just because I've never had anything like
1: it. I'm kind of into it. We're yeah. so
2: decadent at this point.
1: It's so <laughs> weird. It's so fucking weird. Um, but I kind of like Damn it. Damn
0: it, Stillwater, you did it again.
1: What a weird moment.
0: What a good 500 beer, 600
1: beer, though. 600 beer. God and it, it there's some spice. I've had a couple of drinks now and I am. Mm-hmm. It's in the back of my throat.
0: I'm getting more of a climp, because like the 600 beer was a beer that we've never had before. A- and it was and it was good. I'm yeah, excited. Nothing like this. I'm right.
2: excited
1: to keep
0: doing this because we discovered something new. There's a
2: whole path beyond here. A new country. Yeah. Undiscovered.
1: <sighs> well, hot damn. I mean, I guess we should probably talk about a segment. <laughs> really really, I just want to muse on what this means to me, but I suppose Aww. people: have That's su- drunk enough. We're yeah. fine. People, yeah. Have, yeah. people have suggested things, so we ought, we ought to talk about them. Caleb, what are we talking about?
0: This is going to be a return of the Honorable judge producer Ross. <sighs> it's and a good bit. We're going to have a little debate here. all right outlaid by Gregory Bennett, who suggests the Honorable judge producer Ross, in today's case, attorneys Caleb and Spencer, must argue for and against the following: resolved. Reality TV is awful and irredeemable. Wow. Now,
1: here's the problem that I have. Mm -hmm. I know that my client is guilty, (laughs) but I think it was probably good that he did what he did. So you're on the defense then. I suppose. Okay.
0: You can make that case. It Here's the thing. I, I think, didn't even assign a
1: side. Well, but you I kn- picked one. I know where you're going, sir. I know what wow. your preference here. I is. thought you were
0: going to do the classic forensics. You're not prepared for this side of the argument, so it's
1: yours. Oh no, no,
0: no, no! Oh, I, th- okay. I think
1: I think that you are both uh, certain enough that reality television is in fact awful and irredeemable, mm-hmm. and rhetorically skilled enough to be able to make a case for the other side. That you could you could go anywhere oh, here. Thank you. You're absolutely oh my. welcome. Right. <laughs> right. So I'll let you pick what you would like to argue. Oh, I'm arguing against it. Right. Yeah, yeah that, that, that it is, in fact, horrible horrible, and irredeemable. Yeah, yeah that's fine. I'll take that. Yeah. Uh, you would probably get the opening statement, then. I
0: would argue that any case in which reality television is irredeemable is a case in which the obfuscation of the term reality would not need be applied to it, and that show would still be successful so great bitch baking off Mm -hmm. bake off Mm -hmm. I'm not going to make an argument that that's a bad show something that doesn't contribute something meaningfully to the discourse something that is irredeemable in terms of entertainment value I'm not going to make the argument that it degrades the public you know discourse or art in general It's a good show, and I believe it's not the only one of its time. Right. However, the argument that this is reality, that people really go out into a field in a tent with a fully fleshed out kitchen and cook the most elaborate fucking decadent baked treats ever to be filmed by camera— the concept of that and what that term does to the discourse right. of what is being seen, right. I don't think it's necessary. It is deeply scripted. It is deeply rehearsed. It is deeply uh, concerned with who is good enough to be on the show and who is not. Like right. They're not going to put me on Great Britain's Bake Off because I don't know how to bake shit. Right. Um, and so I would argue that the term reality TV has been applied to good shows in the attempt to redeem it. But in fact, reality TV a la real world, a la MILF Island or whatever it's fucking called because it's real now, despite the fact that it's been presumed. I would argue that that is awful and irredeemable and has done – it literally wiped 10 years of television off of the history of public discourse. Like it, it, it erased that as a thing that we could talk about before Prestige came. and and filled the void of actual scripted comedy.
1: It sounds to me like you're making an argument of definition, though, not necessarily an argument of quality. So your claim is that reality television is so broad a term as to apply to shows that kind of fit into what was probably the impetus and purpose of the initial genre, a la real world, and now has been blanketed over shows that are so far from that husk of a thing, that it's lost definitional meaning. That, that's what I'm hearing you say.
0: Yes, but I would also argue that all arguments of quality are essentially definitional in their ethos. If you're going to have an argument about good or bad, if you're going to argue an argument about better or worse, you are essentially arguing a definition of aesthetics. Well, sure. So while reality has been overwrought as a term in terms of a genre and a way of developing a show, um, I think it's been overwrought materialistically in terms of a amount of income invested in the show i would agree that great british bake-off well, let's put people in a fucking field and have them bake shit is cheaper than putting on than breaking bad well, that, it, that's it no argument is. yeah um and, uh, and as such it should be geared in reality in terms of that sort of economic development however let's get people drunk and watch them have sex with each other because they're all assholes and they're the people who were the most irredeemably Unself-aware when they put in their VHS fucking uh, audition tapes, right. that is where it started. Right. Um, and I think that is essentially awful and irredeemable, uh, even uh, though it's been expanded into an entire economic
2: sector. Okay, uh, as as judge, I do have some definitional things to say. Definitional there we go. is definitely a word. Um, reality TV is defined as TV shows that are well. Two major elements. Okay. One that is features. People who are not actors, i.e. Okay. real people right. in that category, yeah. you know, bakers, tattoo artists, right. hot people, whatever it is, whatever the show is about. And two, uh, purportedly uh, to be unscripted, like whatever their real reactions to whatever right. situation is contrived by the program maker. Right. So the situation itself does not have to be realistic as right. long as the people who are being featured are not actors purportedly unscripted purportedly unscripted that is <laughs> definitely that is definitely a major point of contention and definitely something to be argued about but they are un, unscripted into the people are actually reacting like, responding well that they actually are who they say they are that, right. that they are bakers right uh you know, whatever, whatever it is, they, the show is about. Right. So, um, and Am- the other thing is in terms of like where reality TV came about was that it became about, uh, became very popular after a writer's guild strike in the early 2000s. Yeah, no, there are yeah, economic yeah. concerns. Um, all of this. And yeah, they were cheaper and the only thing to make because they couldn't right, have actors because they were on strike right. uh, for a lot of scripted TV shows. So um, that being said, carrying on.
1: I think that uh, I can both accept your claim. Um, I'll, I'll revisit this uh, argument of definition versus argument of quality in a moment. Uh, I can accept your claim that there, that there are reality shows that are irredeemable, but reality television as a category is probably not worth rejecting given its broad tent. And so I do believe... And,
0: and I would agree
1: with that. Right. But I would agree that
0: the closer you get to what is the core of the reality TV experience the more irredeemable it gets and the more awful it gets. So it's a gradient, not as you a... as you strip down elements, as the purportedness of the lack of scripting goes right. away. Right. It gets increasingly worse. As the budget goes down, as the Quality of the people Actually, are not actors. I think actors. it's a budget, but yeah. But but here's the other thing. I would also argue, yes, they're not reportedly actors, right? In mm-hmm. that they don't know what stage left or stage right might be and might need to be well, trained into trained. that. Yeah, yeah. But if you're going to argue me that a tattoo artist doesn't know how to fucking act, I would argue to you: Have you seen tattoos? Right. Like so, the, the fact that the person who can be like, you're just like, I want to get my girlfriend's name across my fucking face with the with the year that we dated, and the person who can go, yes. That is a good idea. Have you even seen Ink Masters? Yes, it's yes like I, that well, is a good idea. You should give me money for that. the The fact that that is not acting is to me irredeemable. Right. Like it's
1: nonsense. That
0: uh, what then is our definition of acting? Right. I, I,
1: I don't. I don't know that we'll get too far here in trying to ferret out the authenticity of one's reactions to things. You know what I mean? I, I, yeah. Because I. Because I. I think I tend to agree with you. Um, And in the cases where I feel like we're not talking about reality TV, but, you know, to to your point, it fits under the broad ten of reality television, like the Great British Baking Show. One of the things that I like so much about that show is that I interpret many of the competitors' reactions to things as genuinely authentic and kind, because many of them happen in the moment. Oops, I spilled a thing. Here's a camera watching me as I spill something, and people immediately running over and trying to help me. Now, whether or not the camera's presence affects someone's design, to run over and help me. I don't know. And I don't really want to get into the business of figuring all that out, uh, as as I don't think that's the job here. But I think that you've been stuck with a bad resolution, which is to say the resolution asks you to reject a category. And I think you've done as fine a point as anybody else saying, yeah, but the category in and of itself is not necessarily a problem. It's the implementation of the category or the definition of any particular subpart of the category, which is the
0: problem. I I regard reality TV as the uh, concept of young adult in terms of fiction. Like, when does it start being young adult? Like, when does it stop being young adult? Is good fiction only good for a certain age at a certain time, or does good fiction contain something that is timeless? And I regard it largely at this point as a um marketing term. Um because the the lack sure, of because you can say
1: it's like Hunger Games. Yeah, yeah, yeah
0: exactly like that. Um, and, and I find my way with reality TV. While I think it starts off as the basest and most disgusting impulses of capitalism, right. I think people have found a way to sort of redeem an artistic impulse with right. it by not forcing people to get drunk and fight and right. bang pans because no one can sleep right. and like create vines and shit. Yeah. I, I think it has sort of moved towards that, and I will say the fucking Dark Ages, like I, I'm in expo- I'm glad the dark ages exist in so far as they created the renaissance and the enlightenment. Sure. Like Yeah, we, that's we the, all watched real
1: world to get to Great British baking show.
0: Yeah, exactly. Are, are we all watched like real world to get to like fucking Breaking Bad, or right. prestige television that continues across time. Like, right. if it were not for the reality TV show breaking the sitcom right. model entirely, we would not proceed. And, to and in that the way, it is redeemable. Continual serial steaming things. Right. But like, that's like saying, you know, Hiroshima cleared a bunch of land. Right. Like, right. man, development was easier right. there. Like, you can't say that like it was a good positive that it. Because then you're like Emmanuel right. Zorg breaking right. the glass and saying, "Look at all the things that right. create economic utility."
1: I think we should argue for a plea deal here, um, <laughs> which is uh, a, a a a mistrial. I think we should throw out this topic and instead we should argue for. Um, a more specific set of criteria and or indictments to be levied against specific reality television because i don't believe that the category in and of itself is 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 irredeemable or or perhaps like an aesthetic or even a
0: specific show line past which yeah that's right. reality tv is no longer forgivable
1: and that's tough right so like uh, i do i've been watching survivor like crazy this year it's been a really good episode really good season of survivor cuz no. but i've i've skipped a <laughs> bunch of survivor cuz like survivor just kind of like wore on me and um, the kind of like original thing that I thought was fun about Survivor, they had to contrive out because that wasn't fun after 20 years, you know? Yeah. Um, and they've returned to some of their basics and it's a little bit interesting, but, uh, there, there has been a, I don't know if you've seen a, a fairly, uh, persistent debate, uh, on Survivor, Survivor this year under the rubric of me too. Uh, because there's been, what? Uh, yeah. There's been an <laughs> overly touchy feely gentleman who has purported to make, who, who has made some women uncomfortable and they've admitted that to other women. Uh, and then put in front of tribal council and that male, many of those women were like, no, I didn't say anything. I'm not bothered by it. Or I'm willing to put the game ahead of that discomfort for this conversation. And so tribal council has turned, yeah, into this very odd conversation. And Jeff Probst, trying to be a great host, you know, is, is trying to kind of like, well, it's just flat saying, well, you know, in a lot of ways, Survivor is a microcosm of what happens in the real world. Well, no, it's not. I mean, in no way <laughs> is it a microcosm of what happens in the real world. Sure. And so I, I think that reality TV, uh, which assumes that little of the audience, is is irredeemable. But I think that's true of all television. So I don't think that's a reason to reject reality TV. Either. I think that's a reason to reject media that assumes so little uh, of its intended audience. And again, I go back to... There's some reality TV is bad, but to say that in any given category, everything must be great and wonderful and to my standards to keep the category, there would be no categories. And so in this way, reality TV is only as guilty of being a category of media as any other category of anything. There are gradations. There's variation of good and bad. There's some probably good riffs and some probably bad riffs. I assume Ross has found bad vaporwave. I've never heard him say as much. Um, do you
2: want me to give you some bad, bad vaporwave? I
1: do not. But 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 to to say, well, it's bad vaporwave, but it's also pretty vaporwavy, And so because it's at the core of it and the core of it is worse than the non-core of it, we should reject all of it. Well, that seems a little baby with the bathwater for me. So I would be for a move.
0: Should we appeal to a higher court?
1: Uh, only in as much as I would be for a move to create some boxes inside reality TV. Okay. That would be my plea here. All right. Um, that I think a whole cloth rejection of something because it has good and bad inside of it is is a bad idea. So we got to take this to Judge
0: Sean Hodgman, who's a higher part, of course. Yeah, We're,
1: wow, mean, I'm right here.
0: I'm sorry. Would you consider yourself the Supreme Court of Podcast Law? I mean, maybe.
1: <laughs> I honestly might, and that's yeah, yeah. terrifying for podcasting and
2: the judicial system. <laughs> Um, that's not good news for anybody, but a little bit. Yeah. You,
1: you see where I'm coming from here?
2: Yeah, sure. Well, I mean, one thing, like I mentioned in the early definition that they're not actors. So like, you know, in Ink Masters, they are all skilled tattoo artists, right. as you can see, because nobody does the tattoos for them. Right. As it is documented, um, you know, American Idol, they sing and like nobody sings for them, unlike an actor where they right. could bring in a stand or someone else to, to yeah. fake it. Totally. Uh, so I th- that's sort of a definitional thing. Um, so I think, I mean, for me personally, like for reality TV is based on like that. Does it capture some sort of interesting part of reality And that? Yeah, obviously it is scripted and faked and like that kind of yeah. thing. But like, you know, when they talk about like, oh, well this tattoo is better than the other tattoo because of these technical reasons. Well, yeah. like you can see it for yourself sure. and judge whether a tattoo is technically better than the other, uh, or because it, so it's sort of in that that game show category but it's of a, a very skilled technical variant i find yeah. that interesting yeah uh or like the p- profit like this guy is running a terrible business and like here are the reasons why it's failing yeah exactly yeah. and that's interesting for the, those sort of technical like aspects, the the soap opera drama angle, which I think is probably the bigger part, of, well, definitely the bigger part of sure. reality TV. the Real housewife stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, or Survivor, let's be honest. Bachelor, yeah. Flavor yeah, yeah, of yeah.
0: Love, yeah. Bachelorette. It's flavor basically, of
1: Love is of an interesting kind, though, right? Because it's, it's like, no, it it's isn't. in on the bit. No, it, it, it isn't. It's yeah. taking narcissists
2: and histrionic people right. who are prone to drama and right. throwing them together. Right. And it knows exactly what it's doing. It's, it knows exactly what it's doing. That's exploitative and terrible.
1: Ah, uh, it can be. I don't think it objectively is. I think it's often is. M- many of these people but, uh Bachelor in Paradise. Okay, Bachelor in Paradise, uh-huh. is, which I've argued for many yeah. times. And you should not. So so the bachelor right gets treated with this um uh Kind of like gospel esque, uh, almost Victorian approach, maybe I should say, to like romance. Like people treat this as an honest to God search for a relationship. And maybe it is for you and maybe it isn't. I it's don't know. It's definitely not. Yeah. For, for most people, I assume that's true, right? Yeah. Um, Bachelor in Paradise. Mm-hmm. The, the, the intro is like some joke song, and they have people doing threes company esque introductions of themselves. It's a joke from the get go. And people who go on that show are in on the bit and know explicitly that it is here to mock the idea uh, and play up the drama of a show where 20 attractive 20 somethings get together and drink a bunch of free
2: alcohol and see what happens. I mean, it's basically like instead of pro wrestling, it's about relationships. Yeah. And like the question is, how much are the Players, the people involved, and the audience involved on in the KFAB, right? right. That's yeah. that's the central moral and, dilemma. And
1: and I think there's I think there's a risk to assume that those people are being exploited in all instances. Yeah, because it suggests that they have no agency. Yeah, uh, these people uh, know. I, I think at least some of these people I think know.
2: It, yeah, I think the problem is we we never know, and it's, it's very ethically risky to right. be I don't know a fan of that, but I, I mean but and again for I, me, I think it's equally as as risky to say that.
1: They're all dumb and don't know what they're doing. That's true.
2: That's yeah. true. We don't know, but right. like the, the possibility is there. The thing it, for and for me, and I'm obviously in the minority here, is that it's about the technical things, like people right. showing off obscure skill sets that right. I have no idea about, and then they, they kind of argue about like what what's the better cake or what's the better right. tattoo sure. or what's the better and card. what are the
1: criteria? You and and, and yeah. that's what. That so the that, competition things, they
2: introduce a vocabulary yeah, you didn't have the edutainment angle, right? And I feel like that's 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 solid standing, that's right? redeemable. So the, the great British breakoff is fine, right. but like the the drama, the relationship, you know, right. KFAP, I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, I feel like it's, it's it's a murky area. It is. Well, I would say, I would say
1: then that we would probably that the producer Ross, if I'm interpreting correctly, would move to make reality television redeemable but that there is probably some area for definition below that.
2: I would say it's the problem is that the, 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 the soap opera angle is so dominant in the most popular shows that it is, it is dubious. Right. (laughs) So, right. Which uh, is
1: not a reason to reject a category; it's a reason to reject an implementation of a category. Uh,
2: yeah, I yeah. would rec- I would reject most implementations of reality TV. Right, but not all. But not all as a category. As a category. Okay. So category, I cannot deny it.
1: We're on to beer six hundred and one. What are, Caleb, are you?
2: Are you categorically rejecting it? I have a nuclear option here, and I don't want to say it. Please it's say it. Depressing. Don't, don't. You do don't it. want me to say it because it's depressing. Aw, oh, definitely all, all don't I say it. All I don't uh, need consumption no. under capitalism is unethical. No, I'm not saying that. Ugh, oh, okay, Oof. yeah, right. we don't need that. I think <laughs> we heard that like no, ten minutes ago. I think we're good.
0: Okay. I think we're good. I'm willing to concede. because okay. I would rather not pollute the discourse. this Okay, way. fair enough. All right,
1: duck sauce coming in from Stillwater Artisanal 601. Here we go. Caleb, we're into a whole new set of hundreds of beers. What are you drinking? Yeah. Uh, An era. A
0: 601. Here we are. Well, 601 starts as 600 ended with a Stillwater Artisanal. Bingo. And the mystery
1: contained therein. They are the Y2K of this podcast. Wow. Yeah. Kind
0: of in that they were once. Terribly feared, right? And then became not so bad,
2: yeah. And now we are kind of a fun joke. That's right. Honestly, that's because a lot of engineers did a lot of work to solve that problem, right, behind the scenes. Yeah. So thank you, because it's, it's. It could have actually been really bad, but probably true. People worked and mm-hmm. fixed it. Yeah. That's how this all goes.
0: All right, uh, I'm going to drink Stillwater Artisanal's Duck Sauce, which is a double India Pale Ale Ugh. brewed with apricot. Mm-hmm. Plum, mm-hmm. pineapple, mm-hmm. ginger, mm. and candy syrup.
1: Had me tell the end. Candy syrup, candy with an I. It
2: honestly, anything can will would improve a double IPA to me. That's true. <laughs> I just feel like candy syrup. And is so the they added thing. everything to improve the <laughs> yeah. double yeah. IPA. To yeah. You. yeah, making you wonder why they made it a double IPA. That's in the, first the real part. question, right? It smells like a double IPA. If Ooh. you were going to put doesn't that smell much like, shit in it,
0: doesn't Ooh. smell like any of those other things. But we'll see what it tastes like. Yeah. yeah.
1: That's the other bit. Is that double IPA to me seems why would you make so, it, so hoppy a duck sauce thing an IPA? Oh, oh, look at him. He's he's going back. He's kind of nodding with it. He's looking at it like, yeah, we could be friends.
0: It sort of smooths out the rough ends of the hops required for a double IPA. So I'm going to call that a four. Wow, I would drink that. that is more
1: drinkable than your typical so IPA. Did. Wow, that's high for a double IPA for you. Very high.
2: What? Are, maybe Stillwater's there, they're actually playing like the real life thing of a board game, and they're just like getting more points by making IPAs and then like redeeming them. <laughs> It's yeah. like a challenge.
1: Mode it's drinkable, kind of thing. isn't it? That has got a healthy. Do- you know what? It almost it has a grapefruit esque punch to it, but it's not grapefruit, which I is take, nice.
0: I taste off almost nothing mm. contained in the subtitle. Um, like, I, I think yeah. I'm getting. I think I, I'm getting plum. I can't pick up the ginger at all. I can't pick no. up the getting candy syrup.
1: Apricot. I'm getting no pineapple.
0: None. I, I I can't pick up any of it, but it just kind of smooths the whole experience out into a nice rounded yeah. hump of flavor. Yeah. Honestly, is... the hops
2: are still overpowering to me. Yeah.
1: The back it might be a four. Pineapple.
0: It's not a five. No. It's definitely a four. But The back might might be pineapple. Mm-hmm. After
1: you hit it again, let it sit for a minute and you get some sweetness, which I think could be confused for some of that overly hoppy stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think it might be a little pineapple. Mm. Um, yeah,
0: I could see that. Yeah. The acidity of that. Yes. I, I can kind of get the ac- acidity of it, but.
1: Okay. Yeah. I'll take it. We've certainly had worse double IPAs on this very episode. And we've had oh, sure. way
0: worse episodes. Yeah. Totally. In terms oh, yeah. of general score. You like.
1: throw out those evil twins, and we may, be, we may be above the threes here. Yeah, Azazel, your, uh,
0: your sacrifice was not in vain. No. No.
1: no. Um, hey, we're into Drunk Enough, which if you've never listened to us before, this is where we tackle something not so topical, but instead a little more ethereal, philosophical, existential. Caleb, what are we talking about? I figure like now's a good time to talk about scale.
3: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: And when scale confronts you with its starkness in right. your own life. Yeah. 600 beers is a big scale. I feel odd about it. Like e- I'm proud of it. I'm also daunted by it.
1: Odd is the right word.
0: And it's uh, it's uh, not the first time that's happened in my life. Right. Like the amount of time I've known Ross and been playing RPGs. Like I was the new guy for so long and right. now I'm not. no. Like. You uh, the amount of things I've published, like that seems large to right. me, even right. though it's like fairly middling for where I am in life. Yeah. Like, yeah, scale confronts me at odd times. It always did. Like, I was confronted. Graduating high school with the daunting aspect of how much longer I had to go to school right like, which seems and four years seems quaint now yeah. like in in
2: retrospect
1: <laughs> uh, do do the math on this uh we're we're one year away from a degree on this podcast, which should give you a sense of scale um, yes, which is very strange, yeah, that feels very weird mm hmm um, so how, how do you interact with it when it hits you in the face? This one very much did hit me in the face. So I think you messaged us like last Tuesday or Wednesday and said, Hey, by the way, I'm going to post a survey. And if my math is right, this is going to be 600 beers.
2: And it really Well, I me tried card- to post a survey. Right.
0: And then Patreon, Patreon, Patreon all that itself. Survey, yeah. it
2: was a bug. They fixed it in the. A- day and a half (laughs) you know totally reasonable (laughs) amount of
1: time um uh, and it did catch me off guard and it shouldn't have because we'd just gone through the 500 debacle and so i should have known that this was around the bend but here's um here's something i'll say about this scale um i guess i just never really had a lot of benchmarks when we started this whole thing in my Mm -hmm. mind like what would it be like to do this for a while or what does success look like and because we we ginned up the Patreon pretty quickly, uh, I guess my success has always been like, are people listening to it? Are people active on the discord? Are people paying for it? And I this became such a backbone, like just back burner thing for me. Well, and also when we're doing this, we we try beers. And I will say that of all of the weird milestones one hits in life, that these are the ones that I'm just never thinking about. And then mm-hmm. whammy milestone in the face. Yeah. Oh, sure. And, and 600 beers, like uh, while we were talking about it in this previous segment, kind of like opening ourselves to the universe that was the 600th beer. It struck me like, um, we always talk about like, how do we market the podcast and how do we get people to find us? And how do we find more people like our people? Cause we know they'll like it. And it's kind of like, Like, dawning on me in these 20 minutes, like, we should write to someone important and say, we've done a podcast for three years and we've sampled 600 unique beers. (laughs) Someone is going to be shocked by that because it's fucking weird. Like, people don't do that. I'm not
0: saying we're, like, more experienced than Cicerones. We are not. But there are Cicerones who are qualified, who have drank and recorded drinking less beers than us. I like that there are... Like, demonstrably so. like Actual we, We've never run a tap line or right. anything like that. We've never run a business, which is a big part of being a Cicerone, for being, like, a bartender and a taster, especially like that. But in terms of the tasting catalog, we have, like, quintupled that
1: requirement. Right. Yeah. And I like that we've intentionally, other than you reading a really cool book and Ross got me an awesome, uh, like, guide to craft beer graphic novel. Uh, which I'm gonna, or the history of beer graphic novel, which is on my Christmas reading list. Um, we've also intentionally not sought out opportunities to get any better at this. <laughs> like at no point did I ever like earnestly try to figure out how to describe beer more interestingly than I do at beer one.
2: Spencer, that's because we're trying to be authentic here. We're not the ivory tower, you know. Sure. Kind of like being up there. I'm lazy.
0: I'm not gonna like fucking. No. <laughs>
2: Caleb, don't try to undermine me as I'm trying to build this up. It's It's, it's 2019, Ross. It is not
0: a time to hang a medal on our ignorance.
2: You're just cutting me off at the knees. I'm trying to help Spencer out with this existential crisis, and you're just there
1: stabbing me in the back. It's been kind of an intentional thing. I mean, we, 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 we honestly asked people after the first year, like, what do you like about the podcast? And, like, the beer stuff like it yeah it's in the middle right people liked it but they didn't come for the beer stuff and so
2: yeah but it's all our framing mechanism <laughs> yeah it's the entire thing i mean yeah. like
1: the, it's the engine
2: and also, so it's always drinking been funny beer has been fun it's been a lot of fun actually drinking bad beers is sometimes more fun than drinking good beers.
1: drinking the bad beers are is at least entertaining i oh, will, yeah i will say this
2: that
0: the the best thing is drinking beers with your friends oh yeah and having a conversation with them mm-hmm. and making time for that in your daily and life. being life
2: yeah collectively traumatized by a beer yeah is memorable right. i would still give shared, that
0: up for the world still shared experience yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> it is
1: uh the, the beer thing has provided it would be easy for this to become like a long slow march you know because like we schedule it in advance you mm-hmm. show up you do it let's not lie
0: i mean my liver certainly feels that way yeah but not my brain and it, that's the, only the liver thing that may not feel
1: like it's so slow either you know what <laughs> i mean um you show up, and some weeks, when you're really busy and you've got a lot of shit going on, like, showing up to record isn't always the best thing in the world. It's like, fuck, now i got to record, and then i got to go home and work. And some weeks, this is the thing that I look forward to in my week. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I look forward to Monday so we can record, and then recording's over, and I'm like, well, i got to work the rest of the week. Yeah. Um... And it would be easy, I think, especially over three years, which is how long we're talking now. I mean, we should really go back and look on the slang design page for for our PPR, which is where we posted the first episode. I think it was like right around the first week of December. I mean, I think we're pretty much three years out. Um, It would be easy for this just to become part of the routine. And this beer milestone has been a nice way of punctuating like, yeah, but while you were doing all that, you've accumulated something and it may or may not have any value or cachet. I I don't know. Um, it feels like it does to me, but it feels like a lot. Um, it kind of makes me appreciate the value of statistics.
0: Not in like a 538 way in that I think I can see mm. the future because I'm a math nerd. Right. Uh, but like the value of statistics for like, you know, people who used to keep track of the weather every day in a journal and now that is like vital fucking right. data for scientists. Farmer's and, almanac. Yeah, yep. like even just having a 600 plus like rating system right of two assholes opinions on beer right in these three years. Like I don't think it's ever going to be useful in a way that's going to help other people. No. But at the same time, I'm just kind of proud of having built the yes. data. Like yes. the sheer act of collecting it makes me feel accomplished. And I, that might be simulacrum rather than you know oh, totally. Yeah. But but I'm still feel okay
1: about I'll it. I'll say this. I don't know that I've ever stuck with anything as much as I've stuck with that. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like I have acted with intentionality around almost nothing in the way that we have cataloged and reviewed beer for the (laughs) last three years, right, wrong, or otherwise, I can say comfortably, I at least feel like I've used reasonably the same palette over the last three years to scientifically, not at all, review beers. Oh, um, no.
0: In terms of sticking with things, it goes like my relationship with Sarah. Right. This podcast. Yeah. In yeah. that order. <laughs> so that's a weird thing. <laughs> yeah.
1: So I don't know. I mean, I guess um, in some ways evaluating this podcast in, in the context of scale uh, would be easy to look at all this and go like, eh, I mean, okay. But it's not just this podcast. I think we all hit that point like right. where you're like,
0: I've been working here for this many years, and then someone you've been working with is like, you've been working here for twice that long. Right. You're like, holy shit. Yeah, I have been working here for twice that long. <laughs> <Right>. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I, I think there's something to be said about keeping track of those milestones. Yeah. like for your own, I don't want to say mental health, because it's probably not good in a lot of places, but like progress. I think oh, it yeah. might be good to like, have those numbers yeah, I agree. in your head yeah. just for decision making. The metrics. context
1: that it is created. Yeah. Um around all of the stupid bullshit things we've said for so, three so years.
0: So for instance, Sarah and I, we used to constantly get and we still do get shit at our jobs for not being married. Right. Um and that is a thing that is ramping down as millennials and right. Gen Z's continued to be stomped on by the right. aged. But um, it used to be in our area, a thing that happened constantly. Yeah. Until we realized past a certain point that we had been together than most of the people. Right. That yeah. were saying that shit yeah. to us. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like most of the people who were married had had divorces or done stuff like that. Right. And like at this point we're going to like 13 or 14 years, which is like yeah. If that was a marriage, that is like a like a damn yeah. marriage. And like at that point we stopped feeling bad at it. And I don't remember exactly when that was, but mm-hmm. once we hit that like we realized we're at a year point, we're like, look, all y'all are working on your second marriages mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I'm still dating the same person. Right. So Just, shut up. Yeah. It really was freeing. Like it really sure. moved us out of that um like mindset of, you know. Right. All right, yeah, I right. guess you know. Those people
2: are all assholes. I agree, but
0: uh, assholes are a part of life, and
2: scale helped me deal with them. That's objectively true. That's not an opinion. Right. (laughs) That's just math. Yeah, Yeah.
1: exactly. I mean, this thing's clearly not taken off like uh, my brother, my brother, and me. I think think we're past that point, right? (laughs) Basically mackerel. As the
0: shirt says. Right.
1: But... (laughs) We've got six hundred beers in the fridge, like what are you gonna do? Well, make millions of dollars and hang out with celebrities, okay, but <laughs> we've got six hundred beers Have that drink six hundred individual beers, yeah, on? yeah, that's a weird thing and uh you know as someone who likes beer uh the opportunity. And commitment and intentionality and, frankly, the gifts from all of you wonderful people to make that stuff happen has been super awesome, and, and uh, I guess it's a weird thing that I just never thought about.
0: Here, here's the crazy thing about scale. We're a year and a half to two years away. From a 1,000. From a 1,000. Yeah. What do you even say? I don't know. What do you I even mean, say to that many beers? I don't know.
2: Subscribe to our Patreon. Yeah. I mean, you do. <laughs> right.
0: But you don't mean it. You've ascended beyond the material plane. At that point, you live in the ether realm of beer, right? Shit, and you're floating amongst the sounds. Pretty
1: cool.
2: Collective sea. (laughs) Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. Wait, are you saying we're gonna be live through the end of Evangelion?
0: (laughs) Yes, it's gonna be the mixed millennium. Nice, and uh, we will just all clap for the entire episode (gasps) and say congratulations.
2: (laughs) They announced the last of the uh, Evangelion Remake movies is going to come out next summer. Oh,
1: cool. I won't see it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. I look forward to that. Aww. Um. Yeah. I don't know. It's been a weird thing. Uh. And uh, yeah, I guess now we're just going to keep recording podcasts and here in what, like six months we'll get to 700. And I guess we just keep going now. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, scale can be daunting too. Like, you don't like to see how many times you've played a game on Steam. Right. It's pretty rare that you're just like, oh, that number of hours? Oh, yeah. I'm excited about that.
1: Oh, yeah. I I slash played on (laughs) WoW one time, and then I quit playing WoW. I I
2: feel so attacked.
0: (laughs) But um, sometimes it's good. Sometimes, Sometimes it's good, good and reaffirming. And it's good to turn is, around and look back. And this is one of those times?
1: Yeah, I totally agree. And we're near a, a beer in review, so the next couple of weeks we just get to do a bunch of navel-gazing, which oh, is fucking God. great. We're,
0: that's what this podcast all about. Honestly,
1: so good at that. <laughs> one of the things I do best, picking bars randomly, navel-gazing. I can fuck some shit up. So uh, if you've listened to any or all of those 600 beers, we cannot tell you how much we appreciate your patronage, your support, your time, your energy, your effort, all of the above, it means the world to us, as you may have noticed, as we semi-drunkenly kind of raved about this whole thing. Uh, don't forget, you can follow us on Twitter. Check us out at The Mixed Six. You can also find us on Facebook, facebook.com. We're The Mixed Six Podcast, people. We've got a page and a group. Find us on YouTube with some cool videos that David N. and Maddie Gibbons have made. That's Y-O-U-T-U-B-E.com, not to be confused with any of the other tubes. And you can send stuff to us in the mail. In fact, that's one of the primary methods by which we got to 600. All of the olive oil, he said, with air quotes, The <laughs> Mixed Six twenty one thirty one 2131 West Republic Road, number 101, Springfield, Missouri, 65807. We'll happily put more things in the beer hole. Uh, We just may or may not know that they came from you. So our apologies in advance. This has been a really cool, really weird, really wonderful three years of drinking beer. And uh, we're going to get back together here in just the next couple days and... Just keep trudging along, people. Thanks so much for listening to the Mix Six Podcast. I'm Spencer. I am ascending into the etheric realm of beer. And is that
0: is that you, Azazel? Is that you there? <laughs> uh, 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 uh.